Hey there, folks. My name is Ian Levenstein, and because I don't put out enough episodes, even though this was going to be an extra point, welcome to episode 209 of Comic Timing. And I'm sure Brent somewhere is going, wait a minute, you did a numbered episode without me, but whatever, I'm standing here in person, I'm sitting here in person with Chris, and uh, hey Chris, what's up? Hi, it's Chris Nottis, and I'm pretty sure that Ian and Brent have an extremely abusive relationship with <laughs> probably see him in Florida uh, in, in a few weeks anyway. And so. podcast. Yeah, exactly. It's your podcast, and you have Martha on the podcast. And... I don't think Martha is going to be on the podcast. What I think is going to happen is exactly the same thing that always seems to happen, which we're going to sit down in a park in the middle of Auburndale, and we're going to podcast, and there's going to be swings in the background, and maybe occasionally a train will go by, and it'll be great. It'll be good times. Well, Martha, Martha would just be like, I don't want to talk about superheroes. We'll talk about, uh-uh. <laughs> Ah, uh, the best superhero movie. <laughs> I, I, what is that voice? <laughs> this is what she does when she's all like, she starts talking really low and really fast when she's annoyed at you. I, I, I might not be living with her, but I've definitely noticed this. Point well taken. Point well taken. Yeah, I'm sure Mar- if Martha were to listen to this, which she won't, she'd just be like, that's not the way I talk. That's not the manner in which I speak. <laughs> what are you saying? This, that's madness. Madness. <laughs> so we're, this episode is mostly going to be about the Star Trek and uh, clearly, we're going to talk about the best Star Trek series on TV right now, Orville New Horizons. The Orville New Horizons. We've been waiting for it for, what, two, three, four uh, years before uh, the pandemic. God, yeah, at least three years. It was supposed to be on Fox, yeah. but uh, Seth MacFarlane was so busy with his gazillion other projects that mm-hmm. he couldn't get around to it. So Fox was just like, screw you, you're canceled, and yep. Hulu picked it up. And it's honestly for the better, because yeah. now they, I'm not going to say this is the greatest thing, but they can curse, they can have longer episodes. Which they have, definitely. Yeah, no, the episodes are definitely stretched out. It kind of reminds me of how the original series episodes are mm-hmm. like 52 minutes long. Right. Which stinks when they rerun them on TV, because they feel like they have to cut them down to 42 minutes. And, so. and there was a time even when they were re- released on DVD, and it wasn't even the full versions until a couple years later when they finally did so. Grr. Yeah. Yeah, but with with this, though, the wait was definitely worth it, I think. Um, It's weird how good the Orville has become. And I say that because it started off and they were like, they were getting their footing and they weren't quite sure how Family Guy they were going to be and how like Star Trek they were going to be. The biggest problem that Orville had in its first two seasons was that if you remember the ads before it debuted, that it was supposed to be basically family guy in space that's yes. the way it was advertised it mm-hmm. was going to be this crazy send-up of space shows i don't think seth ever wanted that no it's very clear that's not what he wanted he wanted to do it it is star trek larp you know it is his <laughs> cosplay yeah and the show in its first two seasons was definitely a corrective it mm-hmm. was like well okay here's an episode i don't really you know agree with so we're gonna do it our way mm-hmm. I mean, the fact that they did an episode with the Isaac and Dr. Finn dating, which, yep. of course, is something that happened also on Star Trek sure. Next Generation, yeah. that Data dated uh, Jenna DeSora, mm-hmm. and that ended up not working out, honestly, for kind of stupid reasons, is that she was expecting more than Data could ever offer, sure. while with Dr. Finn on the Orville, like, she knows exactly what Isaac can offer. It's mm-hmm. basically like, okay, so this android is nice to my kids, we have great sex, 
I don't see a problem here. Yeah. She's not expecting him to be the most emotionally available person. No, because he literally cannot be. Yeah, she's not going to get pissed off. This is something that always bothered me with Jenna Desora. She's like, Data, what were you thinking of you know, while they were kissing? Uh-huh. And he's like, well, I was, calcul- I was calculating several recipes for Spot's <laughs> cat food and, you know, realigning this and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, oh. And I'm like, yeah, he's an android. Of course he's multitasking. Mm-hmm. I multitask when I kiss sometimes, so I don't yeah. see a problem there. And, and meanwhile, they even they even went on to do essentially the Borg plot with with Isaac's people. Uh, what's, 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 the name, what's the name of the of They're the Kalons. The Kalons, thank and, you. And, yeah, when they get to the planet and there's just the Cavern of Skulls. And mm-hmm. that's where you're like, oh, shit. This yeah. is not a funny show this, anymore. This, this, this bad. So the new season has basically picked up from that where it's like this horrible thing happened. Mm-hmm. So it can't just go back into the lighthearted you know, fluffiness. I know my father was complaining that it was too dark, and I'm like, you know how many freaking people died in the season finale? Yeah, seriously. I would actually be annoyed if they just shrugged it off and had a bunch of fart jokes. Like, it's not like the Orville doesn't have its occasional jokes. Mm -hmm. Honestly, anything with Bordis is just classic, (laughs) like the sex addiction and the episode with the cigarettes. Oh my god, yeah, and and that that came back uh, multiple times. Oh god, yeah. Not to mention, you know, we finally get to hear Bordis, Bordis sing this season. Yeah, it's been pretty great yeah, yeah like i what's nice is that they are definitely picking up on threads that were in the earlier seasons and i think that streaming lets them do that kind of mm-hmm. stuff when it's network you never know if someone is just flipping through the tv you don't know like maybe you might want to try to pick up new people yeah. i mean with hulu they know whoever's watching it is someone who's been watching yeah, it they, they're not they, they signed get, up they're not trying to get a new audience right. though that would be nice to get a new audience well sure and, and, yeah. and i certainly hope that they have in at least one way or the other yeah, because well, i don't wait for the show to continue you can watch the first two seasons and then you know decide if you want to check out the new season yeah so that's that's a plus they're even listed on hulu as season one season two new horizons yeah i know that seth mcfarlane had an interview and he's like yeah it didn't take much to convince me to give it the new subtitle you know she said it's it's basically like a different show and we want to like but and i'm reading that article thinking no they put the name on it because it's easier to sell a show with mm-hmm. a different name oh yeah like when you're selling stuff overseas yep. um that's the way pokemon works that's why every season of pokemon has a different name or right. where every season of Yu-Gi-Oh had a different name uh, i look forward to the next season of orville uh, which would be uh, orville johto adventures and then uh or johto journeys and then we'll go on from there to uh you know the Sinnoh region of orville and then we'll we'll you know so we'll just keep rolling that way I thought you were going to make a JoJo's joke. As to- <laughs> no, I don't know enough about JoJo's to make JoJo's jokes, honestly. Like, I, I, I know that a lot of my friends are fans of JoJo. I've yet to get really on the JoJo train. It, it looks crazy. It, 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 it looks it, bonkers. It requires you got to get to the third story arc. Yeah. I did not get to the third story arc. Well, yeah. So every, every JoJo's fan is like, no! And I'm like, I'll get there eventually. But this season is dealt with. This season of Orville is dealt with some really serious shit. I mean, I, as your dad mentioned, like uh, you know, you know, I don't like how serious it's gotten, but it's it's certainly gone into some very uh, developed uh, scenarios. Not developed is probably not the word, but it is very philosophical, mm-hmm. very deep. The fact that the first episode dealt with suicide, yeah, 
as like very real thing. And mm-hmm. um, I've talked with you about this before, Ian, how the Orville, that episode about suicide was able to really leverage the fact that it's a sci-fi show yes. where you can actually do the thing is what if somebody killed themselves and then weren't dead? Mm-hmm. I don't even mean like a suicide attempt. It wasn't a suicide attempt. Isaac just straight up yeah. killed himself. That they, that they, that he, that he achieved his goal. Yeah. And they yeah. were like, well, he's a robot. We might be able to bring him back. So, I mean, I have very mixed feelings on that because I do kind of respect people's like bodily autonomy. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I don't know if that's cool, but at least Isaac seemed to have changed his mind. So right. I'm not going to. It was a sad episode, though. And, but and, it, and it's the question of also like, you know, what do, does the robot have the right to do that as a as a living robot? Well, there, is a char- there is a character, though. Was it the one that was with not Gordon? Um, what's his face? Uh engineer guy oh yeah yeah I, and she was I, yeah. like my 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 culture is very much like we support this like mm-hmm. it's fine like yeah. suicide is like that's it's your body to do with what you want right you know yeah, why am i blanking on that character's name it's because he hasn't had much to do this season yeah. which is really awful not reggie is it no no, no. The, ca- the actress jay lee i just can't oh, remember okay. i'm blanking i'll probably pick pick up my phone and look and just the more than likely yeah yeah yeah, but the, and I mean, along with that, I mean, the most recent episode that uh, that I saw uh, was their first real play at time travel, uh, and what? well, I mean, they did the time travel with Kelly that's when true. the future, the past Kelly came to the future, right? Well, the, the actual like our time time travel, like or at least pretty close to it, because they were in what the year twenty fifteen or the, uh, that that they were uh, that they were aiming for. Yeah, first of all, it's Lamar. Yeah, thank you, like, Lamar. Thank you. I think that doesn't help that Jay Lee and Lamar are not too far, like yeah. letter wise, in my mind. Yeah. Um, it's the first time I think the whole ship does the time travel thing. Yes. And you know they they screw up and they end up in the wrong year and they wind up ten years um, further along. They were they aiming were for aiming 2015 for. and they ended up in 2025 and yeah. they find out that their crewman. Gordo is yeah. like as people like him has been stuck there for ten years and built a life for himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's again we talk about how I talk about how the show definitely feels like a fanfic corrective, mm-hmm. and this felt like Seth MacFarlane. I know that he didn't write the episode, but it feels like the show's response to the infamous Tuvix episode. Oh yes, because I said I said on Twitter that this episode had really strong Janeway killed Tuvix energy. <laughs> And I love, I love that the Janeway kill two is like a thing. Like yeah. it's almost a meme. Like even AOC, you know, was joking mm-hmm. about it. Um, so I was, you know, I'm hoping that people watch this episode and they can kind of see the parallels because it's basically where you have to make a decision for the good of the crewmen, the good of the crew in general. Right. And you're still lo- in the end, you're still losing. You're still the bad guy. Yeah. Yeah. Like do you know? Do you do you separate Tuvix or do you keep or do you? keep Tuvix as whatever Tuvix has become. Yeah, somebody is dying no matter what. It's always the wrong answer no matter what you do. And that was the problem in in this episode Mm -hmm. of the Orville was that he was happy and they're like, you can't stay here. And they're like, well... If you, if, you know, if you're not going to come back, we're going to have to just erase this entire timeline. Also building on the lore of the show, because this was the girl that uh, that he felt that Gordo fell in love with uh, in simulation. Which is also a fanficy thing that the show does, because it reminded me of Jordy and yep. Lee Brahms, mm-hmm. his, his little holodeck girlfriend. Yep. Man, that guy was incel before we had the word incel, you know? Like, Definitely. Incel, I think, started in the 80s, mm-hmm. but, like, it wasn't popular until, I would say, the past decade and yeah. a half. Yeah. And it was just, yeah, Jordy is just, like, the poster child there. Mm-hmm. He's just creepy. Why but, don't girls like me? 
Oh, Jordy. Because you're kind of needy. I don't know. <laughs> and you hang out with the weird android dude. But I, I think by far my favorite episode of, of the season of the Orville is uh, one that I feel like in, in a lot of ways was the most meaningful, which is the uh, the gender re- reassignment yeah, episode. The, uh, the, I guess you could say it's the trans allegory. Yeah. Uh, wherein Topa, who was uh, born female mm-hmm. but was genetically altered to become male because yeah. all Mocklins are supposed to be male... And then Topa realizes something's wrong. Mm-hmm. And I find that, I find it interesting, not just that it's a trans allegory, but the fact that it's very, it's exactly what happens to intersex children yeah. all the time. Mm-hmm. In that, you know, an intersex child might be born with like both, you know, male and female genitalia, or they might be like underdeveloped genitalia or whatever. Mm-hmm. And the doctors make a decision to basically assign the kid a gender to, like, alter their genitalia. Yeah. So, like, if they were born with, like, an underdeveloped penis, they might just turn it into a vagina, mm-hmm. you know. And and the thing is, like, there's no, like, pressing medical reason to do this. It's no. about conformity. It's about, you know, this kid being able to go into a swimming pool, I guess. But yeah. as if a society we were more tolerant, that wouldn't be an issue. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is that some of these people who get this surgery when they're kids end up growing up and they they notice something is off. Yeah. They realize they're basically trans, but they wouldn't have been trans had their family just left everything alone and let right. them develop naturally. And and then they actually have the choice for themselves. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at least yeah, we uh, for now we you can still make those choices. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, I don't want to you know, it's funny to say, I don't want to turn this political, but it's Star Trek. Star Trek is inherently political. Which which people tend to forget, yeah, even, even though it's political. always been, yeah. Yeah, but with, uh, I'm just thinking about the fact that they're trying to pass all these laws and everything so that you can't transition at all, mm-hmm. but there's always an exception for operating on intersex kids, and right. I'm just like, oh my god, you guys, I mean, we know they were obvious. Yeah. We know they were turfy, obvious. And, and here and here with, with, uh, with Bordis's, you know, born a girl you know yeah. reassi- reassigning to a boy and realizing that something something's wrong you know that that something doesn't doesn't connect yeah well the episode it tries to trace the emotional journey that a lot of trans uh non-binary gender mm-hmm. non-conforming there's there's it's it's a whole spectrum dude it is yeah uh and because the thing is topa starts thinking about suicide she starts you know when He's still, he is asking, like, oh, like, Isaac, what is it like to be dead, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. And, and that, of course, raises a lot of alarm bells. Of and anybody who's aware of the, the current quote-unquote trans debate, you know, would know that, like, suicide factors into it a lot. Mm-hmm. So it was a little heavy-handed, but the thing is, it was, it was really lovingly done because everyone in the episode is so, so supportive except for Clyden because Clyden is the worst. Yes. Clyden Clyden is the bigot of the show, basically. Yeah, Clyden has been a jerk every season. Mm -hmm. I don't understand how him and Bordas got together in the first place. I I don't know. It's incredibly (laughs) frustrating. And and now, I mean, now we don't have to worry about that moving forward, at least for a little bit, uh, as Clyden is I'm sure it's going to come back to bite him in the ass. I'm sure. I'm sure, like, Mocklin divorce is probably complicated and involves probably a lot of spitting or something, (laughs) you know? The the one of my favorite parts about that episode too is where they basically recreate uh, an episode. Um, well, the scene from the first yeah. season with about a girl was the name of the episode, if I remember mm-hmm. correctly. Yeah. And yeah, they had to. The thing is, they wanted to show that clip, but they needed different angles of it, yeah. so they had to reshoot the whole thing with a whole bunch of the actors and and uh, putting you know actors that were still on the show and in older versions of their uniforms and like mm-hmm. compositing the whole thing. It was it was a, a, a amazing to see what they pulled off a ridiculous amount of work for a segment that probably lasted like 30 seconds yeah but well worth it i think i mean 
yeah, New Horizons. It's like we have a budget now. It, it is. <laughs> and, and and also like, you know, definitely the most next generation of the sci-fi shows that are on television yeah, right now. Yeah, my friend um, who's a big Trekkie up in Canada, he said that basically Strange New World is doing uh, the original series, mm-hmm. but the Orville is our next generation analog. Yes. And, I mean, we kind of need it because Star Trek seems afraid of going back to the 24th slash 25th century. Mm-hmm. Because if you look at the show so far, we had Discovery, which is set in the 23rd century. Yeah. And then Picard was set in the 20, you know, 24th, on the verge of the 25th. Mm-hmm. But, like, the first season takes place, like, far off from anything else. And season yeah. two was a time travel thing. Yep. And then, uh, so now Stranger Worlds is back in the 23rd century. So the only shows that are actually set in the 24th century mm-hmm. are the cartoons. Well, and also now season three of Picard will be will be in that. It'll uh, be in the 25th yeah, century. 25th, I mean, yeah. it's, so it's basically going to be like a sequel to Next Generation, which is really wasn't supposed to be in the No, and, and, although I, I guess they figured like we only have so much more Patrick Stewart that we'll probably be He's able to He's old, have. he needs to retire, the man yeah. is tired and... You know, I just want him to just like sit back. If he's still living in Brooklyn, I just want him to sit in a lawn chair mm-hmm. and play with his pit bulls. You know, like <laughs> I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure he is still a part of West. I checked. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he just, he just like he shouldn't have agreed to Picard in the first place. To yeah. be honest, like he's just too old for this shit. Can we mention the animated just because you did? Like, I mean, Lower, Lower Decks is terrific. Um, it, it is exceeded every single one of my expectations. It was, I believe that Lower Decks was the best Star Trek show of mm-hmm. the current batch until yeah. Strange New Worlds debuted. Yeah. And mind you, I still think Lower Decks is capable of doing a lot more. One, I don't think they're as constrained mm-hmm. as Strange New Worlds is. Because Strange New Worlds, no matter how many new characters they introduce, they're still constrained by the fact that it is a prequel yes. to the original series. Mm-hmm. So there's certain characters you cannot kill or do anything horrible to right there you still have to get rid of certain characters at certain times Mm -hmm. you know and of course we all know and i you're gonna laugh because you've been waiting for me to say it like of course we all know that pike ends up in the beep beep chair ah the beep beep chair i love saying the beep beep chair because i hate the beep beep chair the beep beep chair is the worst goddamn thing Hold, hold on one second beep 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 three beeps means the beep beep chair sucks yeah yeah, it's like one beat for yes, two beats for no, or something like that. I don't know. It's it's so it's really stupid. Yeah, but I mean, lower decks. Uh, I think does a good job of, of humanizing crew, while at the same time also presenting scenarios that are inherently Star Trek with just basic humor thrown in there. It's it's basically in universe humor. It yeah. is the characters acknowledging that they live in a ridiculous universe, mm-hmm. which they do. Let's yeah. be honest about that. Yeah. It's a universe that has characters like Trelane, who's basically a Q in a fancy, you know, <laughs> outfit. Uh, he's never he was never established as a Q on screen, but there is a uh, Peter David book that you can read. Okay. I think it's Q squared where mm-hmm. they're like, yeah, Trelane was a Q. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's the universe where it's like, "Oh, hey, we just met the Greek gods." <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and mind you, that's the original series. You can be like, oh, they didn't do crazy stuff after that. And I'm like, really? Did you ever see the episode where Tom Paris and, and Janeway turn into space lizards and have space sex? I sure as their, hell did. Leave their space babies on the planet? I sure as hell did. I really need that to come back. I need it to come <sighs> back on Discovery. Voyager did some weird shit, man. <laughs> yeah, they... <laughs> I like I rewatched all of Star Trek during the pandemic. Yes, the pandemic's still going on, but I mean, we're talking about the first year one yeah. of the pandemic. Yeah, era, the, the the we don't leave our houses era. Yeah, of the, I rewatched uh, yeah. all eight hundred goddamn episodes of this stupid ass <laughs> franchise that I love very much. Yes, 
and it it messes with your brain, and you start to realize like it's it's full of crazy people. Oh, definitely. No, and Janeway, one of the craziest at times. Oh my god! <laughs> Delete the wife. <laughs> Access is interpersonal subroutines, familial characters. Delete the wife. Modification complete. Pleased to meet you, Mr. Sullivan. You can actually dub that over if you can find the clip. Just put it right over this be talking right here. There's coffee in that nebula. Yeah, that one's pretty bad, too. Yeah, when you first saw that episode, you got so excited. Oh, yeah. Like, you, when you see an episode that's in a meme, mm-hmm. you get super excited. Which is all the more reason why I'm glad that holographic Janeway always has that cuppa, like, right there. Ugh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Which, I'm impressed by by that show, too, by It's the way. very good. I mean, it's obviously, yeah, it's a kid's show. Name, of the, name this show again. Sorry. Star Trek. Prodigy. Prodigy. Thank you. Yes. They don't, the ship is not named Prodigy. It's actually the Protostar no. because yes. we find out it has a Protostar in the middle of mm-hmm. it. It is actually supposed to be set in the 24th century. The technology doesn't quite line up. I'm hoping they'll explain that. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did reveal in the finale, the season finale, not series finale, or yeah. rather the half season finale. That's yeah, more like a mid season finale. We, that's what we do now. Yeah, because that was like, what, the 10th episode? It was, ten, it was episode yeah. 10. Okay. Uh, we found out that the protostar w- had definitely got thrown back in time, mm-hmm. you know. And I, I remember interviewing the the Hagemans, and I was just like, "Please, I don't need time travel. What makes you think it's time travel?" I'm like, "Oh God." <laughs> I, mean, I I I know they won't listen to this. I don't want to punch you guys in the face, but at the same time, maybe there's a little part of me that hey, kind of wants to be. If like, If we get a little bit of Chakotay. I'm fine with. I'll be all right. I I would prefer Robert Beltran somehow redeem that character. Yes, Chakotay was kind of terrible but the 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 one thing i mean yes we do get admiral janeway you know by the end well, now of, he's, ca- he's captain chakotay which is fair yeah. mm-hmm. because everybody apparently got promoted a little bit mind you he was he had left starfleet yeah so he really shouldn't be entitled to the rank but they're being nice they're just mm-hmm. well what i find interesting is you, you also notice this with lower decks as well yeah is that the Dominion War basically gives them room to promote people like crazy. Certainly. So if you go, oh, that isn't realistic, and you're like, no, it suddenly makes sense that Janeway got promoted to Admiral right away. Mm -hmm. You know, it makes sense for you, Chakotay, to just be made a captain even provisionally, you know? I want to know when him and and Seven broke up. They should never have gotten together in the first place. I know, because he belonged with Janeway. Yeah, I, I, Ian, I bought you know a, me. I built a bed. Yeah, you love that. I, I told, I, that's another one of those when you meet something that somebody's talked about for years. Uh-huh. Is I always used to talk about that episode where they're stuck on the planet together. Yeah. And Janeway is like, I have to find a cure for this disease that, you know, is keeping us on this planet. And she goes, just like, I built a bed. <laughs> He's like, he is like so domesticated. It is so adorable. We have to get ourselves off this planet. I just built us a nice thing in the backyard. I built, I built, I built you a, a canoe and I built uh-huh. traps and I did this and yep. that. And it's, and I have a monkey friend now. I'm pretty sure there was a monkey friend. There was. I figured, I figured out how to barbecue. You want some steaks? Yeah. He, he was just all ready to go suburban dad. Oh my, absolutely. And she just would not have it. That's what kind of kills me is I actually would love Chakotay to just have found somebody and gotten married and just had kids because that's clearly what he always Certainly. wanted. He wanted to be space dad, yeah. but unfortunately Cisco already had that job. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. 
And now moving on to what's been of late, I I have not watched the most recent season of Discovery, so I can't discuss that. We can necessarily. just skip over it. It's it's good. Yeah. I think that Discovery finally found its footing, mm-hmm. mostly because one, it embraced a more episodic structure, mm-hmm. like it has standalone adventures, but it still does like the season long right. story arc. It's of course it's, now it's been set in the 29th century. I believe 30th so. Century. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's the 29th. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I mean, I'm fine with it. It's just my only issue is it. It's like, wow, that's kind of a grim future. Yeah, like like, vo- with Voyager Mark V as like a member of the fleet or yeah, something was, like I that. I think it was Voyager J, which yeah. is a crazy ass letter. And had, there was also the USS Odo. I know, not Odo, uh, Nog. Oh, yes, yes. You got super happy. Mm-hmm. Know, you... Yes, indeed. Because that was, that was shortly after the actor died. Yeah, so yeah. they you know they do that, but I like I like the idea of just making Nog this character you never see, you just hear about how awesome he is. Mm-hmm. I think I, that's the way I it agree. needs to go. I agree. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Strange New Worlds is I mean that, that's the main topic of our it's conversation. It's a show that has finally changed a lot of people's minds because yes. Discovery has always been a controversial show. Like mm-hmm. yes, there are the bad faith people who are like Star Trek got woke and it sucks now I'm like that's not the problem with Discovery it Star was Trek's- woke in the 60s enough said yeah we uh, we just watched the Balance of Terror because yeah. so we've gotten only a 10 episode season which is kind of disappointing to yeah. be honest because even Discovery got a longer first agreed. season agreed yeah uh, but they're already on in production on season 2 mm-hmm. so hopefully we'll get it in a year or whatever and you know we'll kill time until then with every other show because Lower Decks yeah. announced its premiere date today it's the 23rd of August yes I, I, b- I believe you are correct about that so yeah. we'll finally get to see that uh I mentioned to you, too, that uh, for season two of Strange New Worlds, they built a brand new bar deck, so we'll have more, like, intimate conversations so, in a bar Is it setting. so they can reenact the fights from, oh, no, I'm thinking of, <laughs> sorry, that was Starship, like, it was Starbase, like, K7 that had the bar fight. Yeah, no, this, they're looking for more Ten Forward-esque action. Yeah, because you get to have the characters interact, like, casually and stuff, yeah, and it's nice. Up until now, they only had a half set they were using for the mess hall. Um, which yeah. they used a lot of like you know filters and and yeah. uh, you know you CGI. You get away with a for. lot these days. Oh, definitely. Like with using uh, CG, it's kind yeah. of amazing. Yeah. But like Stranger Worlds, uh, I honestly have had more mixed feelings on it than other people. Like mm-hmm. I've seen people say this is perfect. The show is perfect. The show is amazing, <laughs> and I don't really agree with that. I did write up for Engadget the season premiere. Mm-hmm. This was before I left uh, Yahoo entirely. Yeah. And I didn't hate the premiere, but I did hate the fact that. Pike basically ends up giving the speech to the aliens about war, bad, mm. bombs, bad, yeah. don't be like us. And they actually show footage of like January 6th, yeah. which was, you know, funky. And they also came under fire for like they were showing like riot scenes on the planet. Mm-hmm. And it turns out they were actually from a 2014 riot in Ukraine. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, don't, don't do that. I mean, to be, to be fair, the episode was shot probably last year. Yes. Though they could have re-edited that scene. Oh, certainly. It's, like, it's just a few seconds of yeah. stock footage, basically. It's also kind of the only episode that went that far. Uh, yeah, it's a it's an outlier among the show in general because the premiere, the series premiere, is the only episode you, you would watch where you actually need to have seen Discovery to understand what yes, the hell is going on. Yes, definitely. Because... The events of the premiere are influenced by what happened on Discovery, where they had like the big fight, mm-hmm. and then like Discovery had to go back in time, yeah. and nobody remembers Discovery, you know, existed or right. whatever. And but you know, of course, what happens is that the the images from that fight, like the the energies and stuff, were seen by the people on this planet, mm-hmm. who then proceed to develop warp. But instead of right. a warp engine, they build a warp bomb. Yep. 
Uh, it was, it's fine, but I, I found that, yeah, I found it a little too preachy for my liking, especially like Pike gives his little speech with his hair, which gets higher and higher every episode. <laughs> I, I think, I think the Pike parts were easily the best parts of the episode. Um, yeah. and, and mind you, I mean, I feel that way about a lot of episodes of the show, because obviously, you know, the way Kirk is, is our star, Pike is definitely the star of Strange yeah, New Worlds. Yeah, I mean... It's interesting because, like, they try to be like, oh, you know, remember when, when Discovery started? They were like, this is the first show where the captain isn't the main character. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, like, not every show, I don't feel like the captain's always the main character mm-hmm. in every show because it's really an ensemble piece. Yeah. Like, it's hard for me to look at, honestly, Voyager and be like, Jamie's totally the main character. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't feel like that all the time because no. there's so much, there's also a heavy emphasis on the doctor right. at times. And then, you know, mm-hmm. it, then it'll delve into the other characters. Yeah. And, and, and ensigns that never get promoted. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, sigh. <laughs> yeah. Poor Harry Kim. I know. But with Strange New Worlds, yes, like it's definitely Pike's show. That's because Anson Mount oozes charm. Oh, hell yeah. And he's got his beautiful Pike's Peak, as they call it, the hair. Delightful. It is, it is very lovely hair. It really is. Uh, I mean, I was a little lukewarm on the first four episodes. It was episode five that really mm-hmm. turned me around on the show. I, I know you caught up on y- yesterday. I was, I, I mean, I've been catching up all week pretty much. Yeah. Uh, I had only watched uh, the first episode up until about a week ago. Yeah. And I, watching it all in sequence, I can see how the show builds a lot better. Um, I don't think there was an episode of The Bunch that I, that I disliked. Uh, straight out. Yeah, I mean, I like I said, I, I thought it was shaky at first. Episode 5, which was the absolutely stupid as all shit episode, oh and I God. loved it. I was like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Spock amok, yeah. where Spock swaps bodies it's with Supreme. so good. It's so dumb, but yeah. I was like, this, like, I, my, as my brother says, he goes, no, but sometimes Star Trek is supposed to be dumb. It yeah. needs to be dumb. No, you're right. You're right. And that's and that's where some, some of our strongest episodes really yeah, well, come from. Well, this season, the two dumb episodes were that one and the uh, Lysian Fields, yes. the one where everybody's like in a fantasy book. Oh my God. That was easily the most next generation of the episodes. Yeah, it was pretty dumb, but it was yeah. like, at least the characters were aware that something dumb was mm-hmm. going on. Well, so that two was, of them were. Yeah. yeah. It, was, it was Hemmer and uh, Mabenga. Yeah. And um, the book that they that it was based on was written by Benny Russell, you know, <laughs> Cisco's alter ego yes. and everything. Yeah. So that's kind of interesting. It's like, did he write? A, did he manage to get out of the insane asylum? I hope so. Yeah, we don't. We don't know. Maybe he wrote it beforehand. He wrote a children's book that apparently is still alive in the future. Maybe like people are still reading it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like I, I didn't. Again, not every episode was a hit with me. I was not a big fan of the alien episode. It was fine. Like it wasn't terrible. Yeah. It was just kind of like uh, when I was speaking to Raph about it and Raph was like it found he found it just like very paint by numbers and everything. Agreed. And also for that to be the catalyst for a decent well not a decent amount but for two members of the crew you know, major changes happen. I mean, for one thing, we lose our engineer. Yeah. Um, for another uh, you know Khan's uh, 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 descendant La'an, La'an uh, who I've who I've enjoyed all season long. She's fine as a character. She's fine. She yeah. didn't need to be a descendant of Khan because yeah. the problem with that is that it seems like everybody knows who Khan Noonien Singh was, mm-hmm. even though in the original series episode they just like completely forgot about Khan. You're right. Like it makes no goddamn sense. Yeah. And I know a lot of create, especially creators, like a lot of our friends will be like, "Oh, continuity's a trap. You don't need to follow continuity." Mm-hmm. And the thing is, like, if you can tell a good story, but it requires you to break continuity, that's fine. But at the same time, you have to keep some continuity. I mean, like, Simpsons has a very loose continuity (laughs) that they'll occasionally ignore. But honestly, you'd be 
pretty pissed off if suddenly you watched it and they had like four kids out of nowhere. Sure. Or like Bart was suddenly 10 years older. Mm -hmm. Like, Because continuity isn't just about being a slave to every last detail. It is about your basic paint by numbers. Like, you know, like Batman is a character who, you know, is avenging the death of his parents Mm. by becoming like the hooded, you know, like avatar of justice or whatever you want to say. I know I'm being overly dramatic. No, but but I I get it. Like, yeah, like at the same time, though, did they forget who Khan was or did they not know what he looked like? I believe they, it was both. Because okay. honestly, if they had remembered who he was, it wouldn't have mattered anyway because they should have known what the ship was. Right, that's Oh, true. there's a bunch of really beautiful people in capsules on this random ship that we just found. Botany Bay? Yeah, it really, yeah. The fact that it's called Botany Bay, like all of these should have been red flags. Yeah. And they're just like, derp, derp, derp. Yep. Like it's better to believe that they just didn't know. Mm-hmm. But it's like, no, everybody knew who Khan was. You yeah. know, and it's just like... They okay. just apparently didn't know what the ship was until they knew, and that was, that uh, was yeah, it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the thing is, like, that's that's a relatively minor thing. I think what bothers me is when they feel like they have to hook it into continuity, mm-hmm. when you could just make new characters. And see, that's that's a good point, because we've, we have gotten some new characters, you know, on the ship. Ortegas. Ortegas. Everyone loves Ortegas. Ortegas is fantastic, I, and I need, I need to know what the hell happens to Ortegas, you know, after the Enterprise, because yeah. clearly she deserves whatever she yeah. can get. Yeah. Uh, but then there's also characters that never really got their time of day in the original series, like like... Uh, well, Mbenga is yeah, big Mbenga. because he's only in like one or two episodes. Yeah. He doesn't really get to do much. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chapel gets fleshed out more, but the problem is is that there's a mismatch between the Chapel of the original series and Definitely. Stranger Worlds. It is a completely different character. Mm-hmm. The one on Stranger Worlds, uh, je- played by Jess Bush, Bush, is almost like a tomboy. Mm-hmm. She's very playful, a yeah. little you know mischievous. They are setting up something with her and Spock because you remember that on the original series, she definitely mm-hmm. had a thing for Spock, but oh, it was always yeah. unrequited. Yeah. And that's what bothers me is I was like, they're way too friendly. I, I don't know if they're going to, it's like, if the show is hinting that maybe they'll date and then just become like, you know, platonic. Exes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it's also that the character looks completely different because oh, Jess Bush is definitely a pants wearer and she's got like her <laughs> kind of bleach blonde, but it's like stringy looking hair while. It's, it's, it's not even bleach blonde. It's like white. Almost. Yeah. Well, yeah, that is what bleach blonde is. Well, yeah. Okay. Yeah. A step beyond to me. It's just, yeah, yeah it, it looks I mean, to be honest, it doesn't look great. Yeah. Um, I mean, not that original series Chapel's hair was much better anyway. It was like this ridiculous, again, like platinum blonde mm-hmm. font. Yeah. Um, the thing is, the biggest difference to me is that the Strange New Worlds uh, Chapel is mm-hmm. a tomboy. Yeah. And the, the, the original series Chapel is, is, is she's a femme. She's, yeah. She's very delicate, very... And I mean... I, I've noticed that with a lot of the series, the new Star Trek series, is they almost seem to be afraid of feminine, feminine being feminine. Mm-hmm. I was about to say feminism, and I'm like, yeah. no, they're definitely yeah. pro-feminism. Like, they want the women oh, to definitely. be strong and commanding. Yeah. But they definitely are leaning them more towards the butch side. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I thought I was imagining it, but then I read a, an article, like, Rebecca Remain Stamos actually had to fight for her outfit. She wears a really? skirt on the show huh. and she asked for the skirt. I said, well, we're not doing skirts. And she's like, why not? And mm-hmm. she had a big argument with them about it. Yeah. She wanted to wear the skirt. So they kind of compromised where it's still a short skirt, but they seem to have like leggings on underneath mm-hmm. it. But I, I I, definitely think they're like, oh, we want this to be the non-sexist Star Trek. And I'm like, it's right. okay if, if, if you're, I mean, if your actress says she wants to wear a skirt, sure. let her wear a goddamn skirt. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with having 
feminine women in the future. Mm-hmm. I I mean, I am not feminine in any way, shape, or f- barely, <laughs> barely feminine. I shouldn't yeah. say I'm not at all. Yeah. But I, you know, I do find that, like, it makes me a little sad how they seem to be shying away from, you know, because I think you should... You know, you can be tough and feminine. Definitely. I think is the problem is that they feel like they can't be. Well, and, and I mean, I will say that Una has become one of my favorite characters on the show. Uh, as, is she as, still married to John Stamos? Did I like, uh, misname no, her? No, no, no. Uh, she's married to Jerry O'Connell. Oh, you're right. Yeah. yeah. So she's like Rebecca Romaine O'Connell. She ha- she never took the O'Connell, so I think she's just Rebecca, Rebecca Romaine. Romaine. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Like, I apologize. I know she's no, not no, Stamos fine. anymore. Yeah. Well, I'm... I'm not apologizing to you. Well, I'm I'm, I'm saying she she just has further sci-fi roots, you know. Now yeah. that she's with uh, well, now now Jerry O'Connell is on Lower Decks, yes. so it's like a Star Trek and, family, and and uh, and you know Quinn Mallory sliders. So you know, enough oh, said. shut the fuck up. About I will never. I will never. It deserves as much praise as it can get. Please listen to my Just Another Fanboy episode to learn more on that. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but yeah, I mean, I I truly dig uh, what she's brought to a character that another character we saw very little of because past the pilot we didn't get any. Of I mind you, number one from the pilot, like it's hard for me to say Unichin Riley from the pilot because she didn't even have a name back then. Yeah, is actually possibly one of my favorite characters because she's mm-hmm. just cold and analytical. Yeah, they basically took everything about that and stuck it in the Spock. Exactly, because Spock is a little more emotional. And I found it weird. Like again, it makes me feel like some of the people who work on Star Trek now don't seem to understand Star Trek that well because they're like, "Well, I want to explore how you went from like that emotional Star Trek mm-hmm. into like this colder, yeah, I mean, you know, this emotional Spock into like this colder Spock." And I'm like, you could just get older. You don't have to explore it. <laughs> like that's the problem with TV in general. It's not yeah. even a Star Trek thing. It's right. literally just all media. We don't need to know the origin of every little thing. We don't yeah. need to know where Han Solo's blaster came from or where the name Han Solo came from. But also that's the trapping of a prequel is 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 feeling the need to do that. Yeah, well, we seem to be obsessed with prequels in general as yeah, a society. Please. Because you think about the fact that we just had the Obi-Wan show, which yeah. I enjoyed. Haven't gotten to it yet. I, I will. Yeah, but, it's yeah. it's okay. It's a little slow, I would say, in the middle. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, there was. there's also the upcoming Game of Thrones yes. prequel with Matt Smith. That's going to be super weird. There's going to be a Stranger Things prequel, uh, supposedly. They're working on that. Yeah, I don't... I really don't get it. I'm like, yeah. I don't... I don't want to go back. I want to go forward, especially if it's a sci-fi show. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go visit the past. But I think part of the problem is also that with technology advancing, they know that alters the way they can tell stories. Right. And they don't want to be limited by that because I know a lot of the writers hate the replicators because they think mm. the replicator solves too many problems. Okay. Honestly, I just say, well, you're clearly just not good enough at your job. Because <laughs> I don't, I, I think that's... There's tons of things that replicators can't do. Yeah, well, you can just write limitations into it. But the thing is, the Orville has replicators and it's never been an issue on the Orville. Yeah. Like, they just write... Around it, they just ignore it. They they basically decide to focus more on social issues than uh, material issues. I guess yeah. that's the best way to put it. Because you know, like a lot of plots, a lot of war and conflict in this world is mm-hmm. based on scarcity. And yeah. of course, the idea of Star Trek was that it was supposed to be post scarcity. Well, how about the, how about Prodigy with the uh, with the the shuttle replicator? That thing is crazy. It's yeah. basically a 3D printer that just builds whatever ship you need. It's like, pretty boop, awesome, boop, boop, boop. yeah. I mean, it, yeah. It, it also has its own limitations because, you know, it takes a while for it to do it. It's not like it's on an automatic, voila, you have a ship, you know? Yeah, it's really interesting. I mean, I like some of the technology. Uh, and, and again, I'm pimping things I 
wrote because I also wrote about how Star Trek prodigy, like what I think is its greatest strength Mm -hmm. is that it makes the Star Trek universe kind of, I don't know, mysterious Mm -hmm. and wondrous and amazing again. Yeah. Because it's a show about have nots. Mm -hmm. This is, if it's a post scarcity uh, society, like, you know, basically, it's a show about people who don't live in that society, yeah. who would like to live in that society. Right. And again, that's why it's weird to me to be like, oh, it restricts our storytelling. I'm like, clearly, the Hagemans do not believe that. They're like, no. we take people who don't live in that. Basically, it's an immigrant story. Yeah. It's people trying to immigrate from a place that they don't have what they need to thrive and trying to get, even though the big plot twist is now like it's apparently a stolen ship and they know they have to start running. You know? Well, in that way, I mean, it's, it's always reminded me a little bit of Farscape yeah. and now we just get even further. Well, into the with whole the Farscape prisoners thing. thing because, yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, but, but there's, there's, there's still so much you can build upon with that. Uh, and I look forward to wherever the hell this, you know, second half of the season is going to go. And it's already been renewed for season two. So we know that there's going to be more to go. Yeah, well, that. they've already when I interviewed the Hagemans, they were said they just finished writing episode 30. Mm-hmm. So good. You know, we're good for 40 episodes, at least. Now, with now with Strange New Worlds, uh, for the most part, I would say that it is a prequel done right, just because it it feels like it belongs in, in a way that I would say Rogue One felt like it belongs with Star yeah, Wars. Yeah, well, I think it helps. And I think this is what also helps Rogue One is to be a contained story. Yeah. Like, if Strange New Worlds was trying to do an ongoing story like Discovery did, mm-hmm. it would run into too many problems. Yeah, you have to, you have to transport them to freaking 29th century. Like, that's that's why they that's yeah. why they did that. Is because... is it, I mean, the thing is, we don't know if they were planning that all along. Because you have to yeah. remember the episode of Short Treks. Mm-hmm. You know, the oh, one yeah. with... Oh, um, yeah, right. I'm blanking out his name. Uh, I, I know what you mean, though. Yeah, the yeah. one with the with Zora, the yeah. ship, and she basically starts up a relationship with this dude, mm-hmm. and he just wants to go home. And it yeah. is set. It's supposed to be like, how long have you been waiting here, Zora? Which yeah. is also discovery. It's like, oh, it's been like a thousand years. Yeah, and she's still waiting, and yeah. we still have not seen that yet. No, we have not. So, but the thing is, that came out before discovery made this jump right so it was in the cards for a very long time mm-hmm. like they clearly had planned it yeah. way in advance not so to I, mention it was originally brian fuller's show and he had a yeah. very different idea for discovery yeah. than what we wound up getting which is also i think one of the reasons why season one is is so disjointed is that yeah, honestly, a lot of it was pre-planned i think the part of the problem is a lot of people are treating tv as like tv shows as just big movies mm-hmm. And if you know you're getting X amount of episodes, I get that. But a lot of TV shows are st- still don't have that security. Right. Even if you're streaming, like Netflix is canceling shows left and right. Oh, yeah. And so are some of the other streamers. And if you don't know what's going to happen, you can't plan ahead like that. Mm-hmm. And honestly, you shouldn't. Yeah. Like, I don't, if you have, the, you have, the, when you work on a show, you are working with, let's be honest, hundreds of people Certainly. who have all their own wants and needs. Mm-hmm. You never know when a director is going to be like, oh, I just got an offer to do a new Star Wars movie. Right. Or your actor's like, hey, I just got cast in a new Walking Dead spinoff. Mm-hmm. Or somebody's like, I just want to get out of acting entirely because <laughs> I, I just had two kids and I want to spend time with them. Like, yeah. You know, you were working with all these people who, you know, they have their own lives. I mean, even if they're under contracts, shit still happens. Yeah. You know, like Lost. Oh you remember, Lost was a freaking cursed production where it was like oh yeah michelle rodriguez and i was like the other woman just got into a car accident and it was a dui yeah. you know uh, and uh i mean same thing happened with uh mr is it was it mr echo on that show yeah that was yeah. also like no i said that definitely the tailies were like cursed oh definitely in some way. yeah 
and, and, my, and mind you, that entire series was like, oh, hey, yeah, great. So we're going to craft this story. Okay, great. So you're doing really well. So you have to go for a few more seasons. Well, that's that's like Death Note. Yeah. Death Note, you can tell, was meant to end at the point where it's basically the showdown between mm-hmm. Light and L. Yeah. And then instead it goes into overtime. Like, you know, I'm, you know, I'm spoiling a, a 16, 17 year old series at this hey, point. Hey, hey, come on. The Duffer brothers are going to do something with that. Yeah, so. I'm kind of curious what they're going to do. Yeah. Because, yeah, basically it's like L dies and then it's like, okay, so here's two new opponents for, yeah. for Light. Right. Uh, and the thing is, like, they've never, the creators uh, have never spoken about it publicly, but when you read Bakuman, oh, they make their feelings yes. very well known. Because Absolutely. In there, the, the, the two main characters are like, we want to be able to pull the plug we mm-hmm. want to you know decide when the series ends and when we say right. it's supposed to end it ends. It, it ends yeah and i'm like and mind you they eventually did publish that as a real series the platinum end i think it's called i think so yeah like i read the first volume and yeah. i was like this is basically the comic that they had in bakuman i want to read this <laughs> shit uh <laughs> You're not wrong, though. Yeah, yeah, I read the first volume. It was fine. Yeah. It's like, it just, it didn't have the same spark that their earlier series, which it's was like Death Note and Bakuman. It's like when yeah. they made Kujibuki Unbalance from uh Why from would you Genshin do that? Game. It was meant yeah. to be a parody. Yeah. That bugs me. Like, I mean, Japan is especially bad with that. Like, they take something that's supposed to be a parody and just stretch it out. Right. Like, uh, the American equivalent is what? The David S. Pumpkins Halloween special? <laughs> Any, any questions? Yeah, it wasn't that bad, but it was also wholly unnecessary. Yeah, because the first, the first, like the sketch was good for a reason. Yeah, leave the sketch. sketch be. Just exactly. leave it be. Like well, sometimes you just need to leave things alone. And, I mean, to go one more anime reference before we move our way back into Star Trek, like I think of uh, Bleach when it started out as something yeah. very, very different. It was very clearly meant to be a like actually horrifying horror manga. Yeah. Like, it was supposed to be scary. Yeah. And then it became a battle manga. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, what the, in terms of the episodes, it was like somewhere around episode 20 when you realize it was yeah. veering in that direction yep. but yeah when I read the manga I was like man this is some terrifying shit and then it's just like oh you yeah. lost me I would love to read a, a, like a new version of Bleach that actually keeps <laughs> it as a horror manga but but with, with Strange New Worlds like we already have the idea like yeah so Pike Pike clearly knows that Pike's going Pike's gonna go beep beep chair he's eventually. gonna end up in the beep beep like, chair like, so what do we do until then well we make the decision that even though Pike knows it's gonna happen he can save as many people as he can along the way, and he can be the best damn Pike he can possibly be. He can do be. his job. He can do everything he's supposed to do. Yeah. It's just that one day he's going to wake up, and they're going to be like, hey, you got to do this training exercise. And mm-hmm. he knows that's the day he's going to get all fucked up. Yeah. Uh, I mean, my problem, like, again, we just watched, uh, we should just talk about the finale sure. at this point. Yeah. So the finale basically is Pike has made the decision that he's going to change his fate. Yeah. He wants to write a letter to all the kids who are supposed to be in this training session and mm-hmm. tell them not to go. Yeah. That way he doesn't go and mm-hmm. then nobody ends up getting maimed or killed. Right. Because there's like two kids who still get killed and he gets maimed. He saves all the other kids. Right. And like him from the future comes suddenly shows up wearing the movie series unif- the yes. movie uniform, the maroon uniform. Look, looked awesome. By it the looked way. great. It's yeah. it's it is one of the best uniforms that we've ever seen on the show. <laughs> Good makeup for the first movie uniforms, which are just terrible. Uh, some people like them, but I yeah, I, I agree. No, I agree with you. I think they're kind of awful. They, they look like surfer suits. They're like, also just really. I my in general, I dislike any uniforms that show off all your lumps. I agree. Some uniforms just do not do yeah. you favors. No like, room for give whatsoever. Yeah, yeah, because, like, the Discovery uniform is also not great. Like, they do not do mm. poor Mary Weissman any favors because mm. she gained a lot of weight, which is yeah. fine. Like, good for you for embracing your truth. I don't know if she was sick. I think she was pregnant also. Yeah. 
And that's great. But the thing is that uniform just totally... It just does not do any favors. Yeah. So, like, any uniform that I feel like is unflattering to the actors, I'm just, like, un- against it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the original uh, Next Generation uniforms were definitely a problem because they were just that oh sleek jumpsuit, which is yeah. why they made them into two pieces. Right. Then they could, you know, hide Riker's gut. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> definitely, which which happened a lot. Yeah, he did gain a lot of weight. <laughs> yeah. But, like, you didn't mind because, like, the uniform was flattering. Yeah. Uh, I mean, mind you, the... The, the blue uh, Discovery uniforms mm-hmm. were fine. Yeah, they, um, they, were, they were pretty good. I'm not loving the Prodigy uniforms because, I mean, they're cartoon, but they're like form fitting. And yeah. I'm like, I, I, I love the Lower Decks uniforms. I think, yeah, I think those are great. Which are basically a variation on the whole thing. Sure. But yeah. anyway, yeah, let's not get the sidetracked. We could talk about <laughs> uniforms for like two hours. That, that could be straight up three hours of conversation right there. Yeah. Yeah. But okay, so basically, it's like he decides I don't. I'm not going to have this happen. I'm just going to tell the kids not to show up. I mm-hmm. won't show up. And then like himself in the future is like, yeah, you really shouldn't have done that. And here's why. Yeah. And Pike gets thrown seven years into the future. He's still captain of the Enterprise. The in time the stone. Yeah, through the time, the freaking time stone. Yeah. I hate that there's like a gazillion ways to time travel in Star Trek. It seems way too easy. I, I agree. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he gets to see what it's like. Basically, and mind you, this is where the first continuity problem I have comes up, mm-hmm. because they're trying to say, like, yeah, so he's still captain of the Enterprise. They're trying to say, well, he's still captain of the Enterprise because he didn't have that accident. The thing is, though, is he wasn't captain of the Enterprise when he had the training accident. Yeah. Like, Kirk, he had already stepped down. Kirk had already stepped into the role. Because mm-hmm. when you watch Menagerie, Kirk has no idea what happened. And they're yeah. like, I forget what they said. It was like three months ago. It was, it was recent. Yes. It was really recent what happened yeah. to Pike. So, they like, there's a lot of unexplained little bits here. Like, we don't really know why Pike, like is still the captain, except that maybe he decided to just stay on the ship. Which is what I assume really did happen, yeah. is that because because he knew his fate, he wanted to change his fate as much as possible, so he remains captain of the Enterprise to do as much good as he can in the universe, yeah. and, and you know basically make up for the fact that he's not yeah, sacrificing Yeah, so it's himself. seven years later, Kirk should have been the captain, but yeah. it's still Pike. Some of the crew has flipped over, some of it has not. Mm-hmm. So Yahura is still on the ship, yeah. but Ortegas is also still on the ship. Yeah. There's no Sulu. Mabenga's still there. Yeah, Mabenga and not McCoy. Yeah. Uh, so, and basically what it is, is it ends up being, um, it's the events of the episode Balance of Terror. Mm-hmm. Balance of Terror, I mean, every Star Trek person who knows Star Trek knows yeah. exactly what I'm talking about. But if you don't remember, it is one of the best episodes of the original series. Now that it's I've seen one, it, I would agree with you. Yeah, eventually. it's basically yeah. just like a game of cat and mouse between the Enterprise and a Romulan ship that crossed into the neutral zone. Mm-hmm. And like Kirk has to kind of like make the decisions that are least likely to end up in war. Like mm-hmm. he has to stop the ship, but he also has to make sure he doesn't start a war with the Romulan Star Empire. Right. And except now, instead of Kirk, it's Pike, and Pike is going to make different decisions. Yeah. And I get that. That's fine. It's just that the way it plays out, it's like Pike is stupid. It seems to be. <laughs> Pike, Pike is stupid, and it's good that he ended up in the beep beep chair, because if he didn't end up in the beep beep chair, the Federation ends up at war with the Romulan Empire. Well, at the same time, though, now that I've seen them both and I see the differences on where they happened. Yeah. You could just kind of, you could really just read the the differences in strategy between Pike and Kirk. And I think that at least one of the things that the episode of Strange New Worlds brings us is that because Pike is the more seasoned captain and perhaps 
uh, goes by regulations a little bit yeah, more well, than he, Kirkwood. I mean, in fairness to Pike, the thing is, though, is he doesn't want to cross into the neutral zone. He yeah. doesn't want to do anything that'll start a war. Right. And you have to also face the fact that he knows that whatever is going to happen is going to alter the fate of the galaxy because Absolutely. of the time travel shenanigans. Sure. Which already, it's the observer effect on the whole thing, mm-hmm. so it's already kind of tainted. Yeah. But... He, I mean, yes, the, the key difference is that he is waiting. He, like, sends message to Starfleet, like, what do we do? Yeah. While Kirk is just like, we're not going to get the answer back in time. Yeah. So Kirk ends up firing on the ship, and Pike is like, let's just follow. Yeah. And that ends up making all the difference. My problem, of course, is that when they're like, oh, well, yeah, there's this Captain Kirk, and, and he's, like, actually more of, like, he's kind of a maverick, a wild card. <laughs> he's a rebel. Which, now that you've seen the original episode, Balance of Terror. Yeah. Kirk is very calculated. He's oh, yeah. entirely... And they kept some of his decisions in the episode. Like mm-hmm. He's like, let's shadow them so that it yeah. looks like we're... You know, they yeah. can't see us. You know, it looks like we look like an echo. Yeah. But yeah, like, Kirk is one of the most misunderstood characters, like, I would say ever. But especially in sci-fi. Between it, him and Han yeah. Solo. Yeah. Han Solo, everybody thinks, oh, yeah, he's a shoot-first, lady-loving. I'm like, no, he's an no. overgrown child. Yeah. Who has a crush on, his, on a girl, so he keeps <laughs> pulling her pigtails. And Kirk... Like, oh, he's Lothario, he's having sex with everything on Earth. I'm like, no, it's actually Spock that has more sex than Kirk does. Yeah, on the origin in the original series, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so that was the thing with Strange New Worlds is like this is a Spock that fucks. Although although like, although, this although is on a Pike Fut- that fucks. Although in Futurama they do make some amazing jokes about uh, about Kirk having yeah. having sex with everything that moves. But yeah, but he actually doesn't in the original yeah. series. He's like a lot of the time he's just like, Oh my god, shut mm-hmm. up. He's actually sometimes just it feels outright misogynist. Yeah. I don't mind it because usually the people he's yelling at kind of deserve it. There's like a land. You have to yeah. watch that episode. She's such a goddamn bitch. I'm so happy when he yells at her. But he basically went with the assumption that Starfleet was going to side with him rather than wait for Starfleet to side with him and then Kirk make action. Kirk more willing, I think, to get yelled at. Yes. But mind you, this is the guy who cheated on the Kobayashi Maru. Yes. So he doesn't mind getting yelled at. It's like in uh, at the end of Inglorious Bastards when Aldo Rain, you know, Brad mm-hmm. Pitt's character, and yeah. it's like, I've been chewed out. It's mm. not so bad. <laughs> and, you know, and they carve the swastika into oh, Hans Landa's forehead. Because he says, I've been, he's like, I've been in trouble. I'd rather do this yeah. anyway, you know? Oh, Kirk's brother, also still a member of the uh of Yeah, the that's just, it's interesting. Yeah. Um, you know, When I, I point this out to you as we watch Balance of Terror, is that the people who surround the captain also make a huge difference. Mm-hmm. Because in Balance of Terror, Kirk plays off of Spock and McCoy. Yes. McCoy is very much on the, we are not getting into a fight. We mm-hmm. are not shooting people. We are not going to do that. You know, and of course, you know, Spock is like, it might be logical to do so. Yeah. You know, like, they people have always said that they are the id, ego, and super ego. Yeah. And they exist in that trinity. And Pike doesn't have that trinity. Like, no, some bizarre reason in this version, mm-hmm. Spock seems to kind of hate him. Yeah. yeah. See, it wasn't even just him, because even Ortega seemed Everybody uh, was really pissy. Ortega's was out of character, I felt. Because they gave her the doubter role that they yeah. gave to Styles in the original, where she's like, Captain, we have to kill him! Oh right. my god, look, this guy looks like a Vulcan! I bet Spock knows what to do. Yeah. She got super racist super fast. I also, I also wonder, you know, because we're seven years in the future and we don't know exactly what happened immediately before this... Something must have happened where Pike really pissed them off. Yeah, like either a decision that he made or something went wrong. This, I feel like they might end up coming back to this. Yeah, and it'll turn out it was a trick. Uh huh. Ooh, 
Okay. You know, like a future imperfect type thing where right. it's all like a simulation. <laughs> what if it was? What if it was a cue that came back in time instead? Instead just of to mess with them. yeah, just to, just to mess with them rather than uh, than actually be uh, future Pike. Like yeah, that, I don't that, know. That could I be mean, something. we don't know where they're gonna go with the yeah. storyline. I mean, a lot of people thought the episode was brilliant, but I did have a lot of like issues with it because I, I enjoyed like a lot of it. It's like. It would be good if you weren't trying to make us like this character, right? And, and I could and I could see that too. What uh, there's there's a lot for me to enjoy in it because I appreciate a character that has that has, that is able to actually accept his fate and, and keep going, and that's what Pike has been established as on the show. And this episode kind of cemented that. That like, look, there's only so much that I can do. I'm going to do it. There were, however, flaws, and they're inherent in the episode already existing in canon and us seeing what the right choices were, you know, because you're right. It does kind of make Pike look a little bit like a a wimp. He looks like a wimp. He looks incompetent, especially as an older, more seasoned captain. And he just seems to be making wrong decision after wrong decision after Mm -hmm. wrong decision. And it's really frustrating. Again, this is a character where we have to live with. We don't know how many seasons this show is going to be, but we have to live with Pike throughout those seasons. And giving us an episode where he basically looks like a boob... It's just not a great feeling. I'm again. It's mm-hmm. it's cool that he's like, oh, I'm going to accept yeah. my fate. I'm fine with that. It's just yeah, like again, com- and, and again, misunderstanding. Yeah. Uh, Kirk again calling him a wild card. I'm like, yeah, he he will change the rules. He doesn't believe in the no win scenario, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. But he's actually, in, as opposed to being Lothario, he's actually really well thought. Like. Mm-hmm. He's he he reads all the time. Yeah, you know that's like he, his he favorite. He cooks. Thing. He cooks. Well, Pike. Oh, cooks. Pike cooks exactly. Yeah, Pike yeah. cook. Pike is yeah. a, a chef and yeah. a, and and, a, and a, a lover of the ladies. Mm-hmm. I He's, love how much cooking there are, there is on Strange New Worlds. It's actually my favorite part of it that there's just that much not using the replicators. Strange New Worlds sometimes feels like. They took every, like, if they asked people, they asked a thousand people what they liked about Star Trek, and mm-hmm. then they just fed it into a computer. Yeah. Because people were like, oh, I used to love when Cisco cooked, and like, <laughs> boop, put that in there. One thing they haven't done is, is play a sport yet, which maybe they will eventually. Yeah, I mean, how many sports did we really have? We never saw Parisi Squares. No. I know there was the baseball episode of Deep Space Nine, which I know you love. It's Greatest so episode dumb. of all time. I, I, I adore it. I can't wait for a team to, to, to start playing in London. I need more I need more references to Book Boat Guy. Yes. Uh, and, of course, we had the highlight episode of Enterprise, which yeah. was kind of... And that was the same episode that had, um, what's his face, Clancy Brown in mm-hmm. it. So that's the only reason to watch it, is Clancy Brown. Wasn't there basketball on one of the shows? Like, either either Enterprise or Discovery, I'm trying to think. There's Go- racquetball on Deep Space Nine. Yes, also. there is, definitely. Uh, basketball, basketball. Yeah. Uh, I have a vague recollection of there being basketball on Star Trek. I'll have to look it up afterwards. Yeah, maybe, maybe I'm no, misremembering. It's not, uh, uh, I, I might be thinking of Orville, to be honest. That's likely, because yeah. Orville is more willing to do uh, more pop-culturally stuff. Yeah. Like, they're willing to have songs and mm-hmm. reference movies. and Yeah. You know, because that's... The, the problem with Star Trek has had is... Part of it is like living in the shadow of Gene Roddenberry. And Gene mm-hmm. Roddenberry had some like specific rules. He didn't want any like obvious fasteners. You know, mm-hmm. he didn't want buttons or zippers on the costumes, right. which is honestly kind of ridiculous. <laughs> uh, and he didn't want people like to watch TV or whatever because he's oh like, there are more enlightened people. It's oh really ridiculous because you are making a TV show yeah. and you're like, TV sucks. Something that I'm glad that future Star Trek shows have corrected 
is that there's still forms of entertainment outside of plays and books and books and, and and concerts like oh, yeah. classical concerts classical which concerts. i really appreciate about lower decks because it's like here's a classical performance mm-hmm. and then it's like tendy and mariner come out and do like klingon uh <laughs> death metal yeah so I kind of appreciated that. I, I thought that was like... Wasn't really Pike fun. watching old movies? He was. And, yeah, yeah, he was. Everybody yeah, was. Exactly. Yeah. Started with Voyager because Tom Paris was like, we're going to have a movie yes. night. Book yep. guru. But, 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 but like, I, one of the things that struck me was how quickly the shit hit the fan in the finale of Strange New Worlds because, yeah, we're going to wait. Entire Romulan fleet. Yeah. I mean, again, it's, it's so... It's very heavy-handed. Yeah. Which... To be fair, I shouldn't be surprised by it because mm-hmm. I just said that the premiere was heavy-handed. Right. So, and the thing is, again, it feels like they just took a bunch of complaints and shoved them in a blender. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, which is why they're like, look, people want it episodic. We have to give them episodic. Yeah. People want to see Pike again, so we'll yeah. give them Pike. People want to see a stupid episode, so we'll give them <laughs> at least two. I am one of those people that wants stupid oh, episodes. Oh, absolutely. You, love you need stupid episodes to make the show stronger. I say it again. Like, yeah. it's it's all part of the plan. There's an know? entire episode of D6 Nine about trying to buy a baseball card. Remember that one? Yes. Or, or for that matter, any of the Ferengi episodes. Oh, God. <laughs> Magnificent. What is it called? The Magnificent. Magnificent Ferengi. Yes. Yeah, that's... Oh, so bad. Yeah, the one, and the one, uh, Prophet and Lace, which is actually really transphobic when you mm-hmm. look back on it, it's, like, super uncomfortable. Any of the holodeck episodes of Next Generation. Every holodeck episode. Yeah. There's never been a holodeck episode that wasn't at least a little bit stupid, That though. is very true. The Lower Decks episode actually was probably the mm. least stupid. Yeah, you're right. You're right about that one, that yeah. That was brilliant. Yeah, but with, but with this, too, um, I think that... I completely understand what they were going for in the end. And and, and I I think that they could have executed it a little bit better. But overall, easily the strongest first season of any of the the Star Trek shows. It's interesting because, yeah, Star Trek is not really known for having strong first seasons. It's interesting that the original series has one of the stronger first seasons in the franchise. Mm, That's true. You're right. Like, we we actually have the TV still on, and it's just sitting there on season one. Yep. And I can see The Devil in the Dark, which, in my opinion, is the best episode. Mm. I love City on the Edge of Forever. I know most people say that's the best. That was actually the first episode I ever saw. Mm -hmm. But I think Devil in the Dark is actually the best one. Okay. Like, I mean, if you want me to sell you on it, why is Devil in the Dark the best one? Because it is entirely about finding a peaceful resolution to what... essentially was a misunderstanding Mm -hmm. because it is you know the horta is going around killing the miners and the miners like oh this monster it's killing us we have to get rid of it and spock actually gets in contact with it and it's like oh it's actually killing you because you've been destroying its eggs and the miners instead of getting angry which i think a lot of shows would do Mm -hmm. with the angry miners be like oh who cares the miners just like, like oh crap oh shit we fucked up and it's like the amount, and then you know they agree to work with the Horda in the end, and it's actually very beautiful. It is the it is the prototypical, like the stereotypical, atyp not atypical, every blank typical except atypical mm-hmm. Star Trek episode. Yeah, because it's about these two groups learning to work together. Yeah, and I'm actually really annoyed that it's never been brought up again. I would mm-hmm. love to see like a Horda like Starfleet <laughs> officer just rolling down the hallway. You know that. that- you make a really good point there. I'm honestly surprised Discovery didn't do that. That seems like a Discovery movie. Uh, disco- well, in you mean in the 29th century? That's what I mean. Because they can't yeah. do it. It's a prequel yes. because we'd never met the Horda Again, before. that's what I mean. Like, and the Hordas, uh, the whole race dies off and is reborn every... Like, they could actually bring the Hordas in again. Mm-hmm. I don't remember if it is every thousand years or something. Yeah. There's a bunch of things that are 
a thousand years or 800 or 900 years that they mm-hmm. could do on Discovery. Because I know you wanted to see the doctor, yes. his copy that was coming from the Delta Oh, I'd, I'd love to do that. Yeah, yeah. that's that's one thing I'd love to see. I'd love to see the Horda. There's a few other things that are like every thousand years mm-hmm. I wouldn't mind just them doing. So what do you think about Strange New World's attempt to make uh, a guy in a suit threatening as as a as a main villain uh, in are we talking about the Gorn thing? Yes, the Gorn, yeah. Which they just turned from guy in rubber suit into, like, CG nightmare. Yes. That was not... Just just, just like just, just to make the Gorn terrifying. a threat. Yeah, no. No, because that, that episode in and of itself, like, yeah, it's an alien episode, like, we get that. But just that they may very well be a continued threat on yeah, the show. Yeah, I mean, it's nice to see them more, because you definitely get the feeling, it's like, they probably would have liked to do them more, but it just looks so stupid. Yeah. Uh... I mean, that's fine, because you think about how Enterprise basically tried to sort of revitalize, redeem the Andorians, mm-hmm. and it made them brilliant. Thank yeah. you, know, thank you, Jeffrey Coombs, you know, who, <laughs> who definitely needs to be on every show. I oh, yeah. I think one of the, the fan casting is, I can't remember the name of the doctor, the doctor who's in the original pilot, The Cage. Mm-hmm. Um, they said that Jeffrey Coombs could easily play oh, him. Absolutely. I would love to see him just pop in as that character. That'd be great, yeah. Yeah. He said nobody's reached out to him yet, so I'm like, oh. yeah, so the, the ball is in Paramount's court. Do right it! Uh, no, I mean, I think they're, when they have an opportunity to flesh something out, mm-hmm. they definitely should pursue it. I think the Gorn is one of those. That's actually a really good choice. Fleshing out Dr. Mimango is good, and yeah. doing that episode with his daughter was, again, it was one of the two stupid episodes, mm-hmm. but it was very good, like, where everybody got to act out of character. Did they know the Tholians existed before the original series episode, or...? Uh, in the Tholian web? Yeah. Uh, I feel like Again, see, I know I could imagine Raph listening. He's going, oh, you know, like yeah, blabbing. Yeah. I don't remember. I know I don't think they knew what the Tholians look like. Okay, but like, mind you, you have to basically treat anytime they meet almost any alien on the original series that it is going to mostly be the first time, if not the first time, it is a rediscovery. Human Klingons. Yeah, we might see a few of those. I I, I really hope that that's direct the direction that they decide to do. Like like that would actually be great. Yeah, if we because get some after Klingons. Enterprise went through the all the trouble yeah. of writing a storyline to explain why some Klingons look more human than mm-hmm. others, specifically yeah. the ones from the original series. Yep. You know, I'm like just lean into it, use it. It's sure. fine. It's fun. Yeah. Uh, I mean, another thing the. Memory Alpha actually pointed out to me while we were rewatching. You know, I he hadn't seen it. I had already watched this finale episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, that pointing out that the Romulans in that episode are actually different from the Romulans in the original series, mm-hmm. not necessarily just because the actors, not yeah. just because it's not Mark Lennard, uh-huh. but uh, the ones on the Strange New World version were uh, Northern. Oh, interesting. Which they mentioned on Picard that the Klingon, I mean, not Klingon, Romulan, who has ridges in his forehead, is Uh a northern, is from the north of the planet. That's fascinating. That's how they explain the different makeup things. Okay. If they just look Vulcan, they are probably from the south. Okay. Uh, and, and if they're from the north, they have the ridge, and huh. they gave they gave a bunch of them ridges. I mean, mind you, yes, this is just a retcon. Yeah, we're supposed to ignore that, but I just thought that was interesting. No, that's Memory pretty Alpha, cool. Memory Alpha had to point that out, like, hey, hey, this guy yeah. had you know the ridges and everything. Uh, my my question too. So this is now yet another thing that Pike knows about the future that that could potentially affect things. He knows what the Romulans look like. Like before everybody else does, unless this is unless this is a memory that's going to somehow fade. 
Yeah, we don't actually know what... Like, that's just it. You're right. If he remembers the whole thing... Yeah. That he, he also... Yeah, he's met Kirk. And he knows that Spock is destined for greatness. Well, we know he met Kirk because he was even looking up his... Uh, yeah, well, I'm saying yeah. he now has had all this this experience with right. Kirk. So he knows what kind of officer he is. Yeah. I mean, mind you, they were supposed to be sort of friendly because, mm-hmm. you know, like, in, in even in the original continuity. Right. Um, but yeah, you're right. Like, he takes back a lot of knowledge with him that could actually really skunk things up. Like, yeah. saying, oh, well, the littlest thing can change the timeline. This is why I've increasingly become of the opinion that the timeline is just self-correcting. Because, <laughs> you know, when you try to apply the butterfly effect, mm-hmm. like, any little thing could totally mess things up. Definitely. And, and, and I, I, that's why I also like Marvel theory on, on the timeline. That, you know, if you go back in time and kill Hitler then you haven't actually changed it in your own timeline when you go back in time. You've created a reality where Hitler has been killed. There's just another, yeah. Exactly, there's just another one out there. Well, that's, I mean, that is, it's not just in, like, Avengers. Like, it's been done in other places. Yeah. Uh, my favorite version of it uh, was actually uh, Austin Grossman's book. That's Lev Grossman's brother, mm-hmm. twin brother. Yeah. And he wrote two books. Uh, this is not a series. I'm just saying I remember he's written at least two books. Yeah. And the first one was called, like, Soon I Will Be Invincible, if I remember the uh, Yeah. I've mentioned it to you. It has the greatest supervillain origin I have ever seen. Mm. Like, it's to this day, I would still think it's basically that a woman from the future. This isn't really a spoiler, because, the, like, you find out, like, halfway through, he's, like, the main character's like, oh, yeah, this is my girlfriend. She's mm-hmm. this villainous. She did this. So, basically, it's, like, in the future, like, it's a post-apocalyptic future and they build a time machine and they send this one woman back in time mm-hmm. to prevent their bleak, you know, horrible future. Yeah. So she goes back in time. She stops whatever created that timeline. And then when she tries to go forward, it's not her timeline anymore. Oh. It's, the, it's the new, happy, wonderful timeline. Right. And all the people she knew are different or gone. Mm-hmm. You know, everything's completely different. So she goes back in time and tries to refuck up the timeline. <laughs> So she can get her reality back. Wow. And I'm like, that is, to me, the greatest villain origin. That's I've a ever very heard. Robert Kirkman invincible, like, yeah, style bit. villain right there. Like, yeah, yeah that's 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 pretty good. It's really deep. It's, like, the book has its issues. It's mm-hmm. not the greatest book. But that, to me, just, like, justified the, the entire existence of that Yeah, book. yeah. I thought that was really good. But 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 you're Anyone right. Anyone who's read the book will also is probably laughing <laughs> hysterically now. Shh, don't spoil. Well, but but especially, like, knowing that... Star Trek is going to still happen. That we're still in the prime universe, yeah. as 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 Spock had to yeah, call it. Yeah, he said prime universe, so you could laugh. Just like Kirk also mentions that his father served on the Kelvin. Yes. So just just to tie it back into, the, I honestly thought that was one of the more brilliant things about the J.J. Abrams movies, the mm-hmm. Abrams verse films. Yeah, was the fact that they actually created a reason that this new reboot existed. Yes, So it is technically in continuity. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that all the stuff that we're watching right now can still happen. Back in the continuity, everyone actually gives a shit about it. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's the same thing with, you know, Earth 2 and Earth 1 with DC. Like, uh, there's an Earth 2, you know, Star Trek universe, and there's an Earth 1 Star Trek universe. Maybe someday they'll meet, but I don't want them to. Like, that's, that's it, you know? Can I just make a side note that it yeah. still makes no goddamn sense to me in uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness uh-huh. that the Illuminati universe would number themselves, number themselves, <laughs> what is it, 838, and yeah. not number one. That's that's interesting. Maybe it was their favorite. Maybe it was uh, Doctor Strange's favorite numbers or something. There might have been like this. I'm sure there's a mathematical reason for it. Like mm-hmm. they were picking, like they picked a zero point and then they counted up from there and yeah. they found that. 
Because uh, if you think about uh, what uh, the joke in Into the Spider Verse, mm-hmm. they have to go back to the beginning, and oh, it's yeah. the cartoon universe. Oh yeah, they're pointing. You're pointing at me. No, I'm pointing at you. you know? <laughs> yeah, I can't wait for that movie. That's gonna uh, be fun. It's gonna be so good. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else you wanted to mention about uh, about Trek or Trek adjacent? I mean, again, I still think of if I had to rank the current shows, Orville was on top, and mm-hmm. I wasn't expecting Orville to be on top. It's yeah. just that between the uh, the the two topas. And the uh, what is it called? A second lifetime, second the the one mm-hmm. with Gordon that we just yeah. talked about with the yeah. time. Like those two episodes were brilliant. Mm-hmm. The suicide episode was a little clunky, but I thought it was still pretty still solid. Effective. Yeah, you know they also did their own version of Identity Crisis. That was that TNG episode. Mm-hmm. Like so, it was. It's been very good. Like it managed to come out on top. Yeah. Uh, I would probably put Strange New Worlds underneath that, and then Lower Decks. Lower Decks only loses points because it's the silly show. Yeah. And, like, and I'm really looking forward to that coming back. Like, yeah, I'm, and it's interesting how both Lower Decks and Strange New Worlds ends with a major character getting arrested. Yes. Very good point. I, yeah. Like, I really want to know what happens to Captain Freeman. <laughs> oh, my God. And, and and I really want to know what the hell happens to Una. Like, whether or not this is the last we're going to see of her for a yeah, while. Yeah, it's whether... kind of weird that they got rid of Hemmer. Hemmer's dead. Yeah. And I liked Hemmer. I feel like Hemmer could have gotten more character development. Well, he's not Scottish enough, so Yeah, you know, but I think what the point is, though, by killing off this character early is to basically say no one is safe. That's true. Because that was my big problem with this season of Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. You know, spoilers for Stranger Things. If you were like, oh, I just want to hear Star Trek stuff. So you can just blink, you know, yeah. you, you, we'll give you a thank little you, tone. Thank you. Spoilers. Yeah. And I mean, mind you, even like Millie Bobby Brown admitted Duffer Brothers are freaking wimps. They're softies. Mm. Is that they killed off one of the new characters, Eddie. Yeah. We all love Eddie. Eddie yeah. was great. We, I knew Eddie was going to die. I just saw it coming and mm-hmm. I hated that. And then they didn't kill off Max. They yeah. were planning to kill off Max and then they decided not to because they're big softies. Because I think she's going to wind up being one of the main villains next season. Maybe. That's, that's I would have preferred the, the thing is, I have nothing against Max. Yeah. I mean, Max is a fine character. Mm-hmm. It's just that it made it really obvious that the kids have plot armor. And yeah. I don't like that. I, I, not, I honestly worried that Dustin might get might get off at one point because yeah, they, were, they were aiming towards that. But. Yeah, as long as it's not Steve. As long as Steve lives. Well, yes, because Steve is the best of all of them. We love Steve. I feel like I don't know if they planned this from the start. I don't think they did, but they definitely leaned into Steve. Like I'm a bad boyfriend, but I'm a good babysitter. Yes, Steve, and that's it's actually really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like his friendship with Dustin and yeah. his friendship with um, the, the the actress is Maya. What's the name? Robin. Yeah. Robin. Mm-hmm. Maya Hawk. Who? Yeah. I keep forgetting. I'm like Maya Hawk. Yeah, she's Ethan Hawke and Uma Thurman's daughter. Yes. Oh my god. And she's an excellent actress. She's good. She's good. Yeah. It's really interesting to see all of these like actors and actresses, like kids showing up, like Jack Quaid, mm-hmm. who I can't watch the boys and not think of Boimler. Yeah, and that's my problem. Like, if I'm ever looking away, like I'm ever like watching the boys while looking at my phone. I hear Boimler, and I have to look back up. I really want them to shoot a live-action episode of Lower Decks. That'd be pretty awesome. With the, the actors playing their sure, characters. Sure, why not? Because they do kind of look like them anyway. Yeah, why not? Um, yeah, I don't think... That's, like, my ranking. Is like, I would put uh, Lower Decks number three, Prodigy would be number four, mm-hmm. uh, Discovery, Discovery would be number five, and Picard would be number 27. Oh, Jesus. Holy wow. crap. Like, now, there, were, there, there were parts of season two that I actually really liked. Not the whole... Not the whole. I think I think the whole had major. We have too many episodes issues. Yeah, they clearly like it's. It's like we have to give Picard a tragic backstory. No, you did not. Yeah, it wasn't horrible. It was ultimately it was kind of fine. I thought the stuff with Seven was actually the stuff with Seven was fine, but like the Picard stuff was a little clunky. Yeah. 
Um, Agnes, actually, the Agnes storyline was actually pretty good. I love the Agnes But stuff. my issue with Picard, like, the, it's the ending of the season made me very angry. I agree. Because you spent, we spent two seasons with these characters, and they just dumped all of them. Mm-hmm. With the exception of Seven and Rafi, yeah. everyone is gone. Well, they could theoretically bring back uh, uh, the, the the Romulan... Uh, L- oh, my God. Laris? Yes, thank you. Laris well, could... no, Lar- I'm not talking about Laris... I mean, about her ancestor dying or whatever that bullshit was. Well, no, no. Actually, well, then wait. Who am I talking... Agnes uh, is gone. Okay, but... Agnes has not come back. Who's who's the fighter? Uh, the, 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 what's Elnor? The fight? yeah, Elnor. I believe Elnor is definitely gone. No, yeah. it's like after the finale aired yeah they they had some interviews with some of the actors mm-hmm. and like people like allison pill said yeah i'm not involved in season three at all yeah and the same thing with um i why am i blanking on his name the one who plays rios yes Re- Re- and, and rios was terrific but yeah they they basically they, they, they shoveled ended him off and mind you they did the whole oh he lived in the past and he actually did stuff in the past and i was like <sighs> ouch and right after this orville episode where, that, yeah, where it's we weird. talk about how that's not the best idea it's but pa- apparently he was fated to do this the entire time. I don't like. I, yeah, I like. I think I'd like to think the timelines are just self. He died unimportant. Honestly, a good chaser for watching Strange New Worlds, mm-hmm. watching Picard, and that episode of Orville with, with all the time travel shenanigans is actually to watch Devs, which I know you have not. I have not, yet. but I will. Yeah, yeah, because Devs is it's that was the FX show, and it also had Allison Pill on it, mm-hmm. and it had Nick Offerman. Yeah. Um, why am I suddenly blanking on the name of the main actress? I'm sorry. I apologize. That's fine. You know. But, yeah. Um, she's been in a bunch of... this. Sir, sir, yes, uh, whatever. <laughs> um, but the thing is, like, the premise of the show is that this woman's fiancé goes to work in this, like, uber-secret division of, like, the biggest, like, tech company in the world. Mm-hmm. Basically, it's like Google. Yeah. And he finds out something while he's there that basically freaks him out and ends up getting him killed. Mm-hmm. And they just tell her, oh, well, like he killed himself, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, that's bullshit. So yeah. she ends up like investigating. And I don't want to spoil too much, but a lot of the plot revolves around the fact that they have this giant quantum computer mm. that is like predicting the future. Okay. So the whole episode is about like it's Alex Garland is really obsessed with the idea of predictive models about how much of what we do. Like we talk about free will. But how much of what we do mm-hmm. is still predictable? Fascinating. Yeah. yeah. Because, I mean, I interviewed him uh, about it because I asked him, I said, it reminds me, it sounds like what you're talking about is uh, fa- uh, Foundation. Yeah. Isaac Asimov's book. I haven't actually watched the show. I don't know if they changed anything. The books, I read the first four. I kind of found them boring, but I still <laughs> read them all because I'm a weirdo. Um, yeah, the, the premise of Foundation being that this uh, scientist, Harry Seldon, he's like a mathematician or whatever. Yeah. He actually uses math to predict like the next thousand, two thousand, like like the future of society. Like he mm-hmm. knows it's going to fall at some okay. point and it's going to come back and it's going to go down. Yeah. Like he's able to predict these big swings and he actually creates like recordings to be like, yeah, okay, so I, I predicted this. This is what you need to do mm-hmm. and everything. So basically to guide the society yeah. as it goes through the ups and downs of everything he predicted. So that's basically like Devs is in the same model, okay. but it's again, it's not a guy sitting there with pencil and paper. Right. Yeah. It's a computer, and it's it's pretty crazy. And the thing is, though, is he's not wrong that we can be very predictable. Like you think about, we live in this society where the computers, Google and Apple, are constantly like predicting things and giving us what we want. And well, I was going to use this as an example, and this is like a story that always continues to haunt me. Mm-hmm. Is the fact that there was a Target, you know, Target tracks what you buy, and it's been doing this for ages. Yeah. 
and it started sending coupons like i guess it was automatically coupons to this one person's house it was a mm. um i mean i don't know if there was a mother involved but there was a dad there was like a 15 year old daughter mm-hmm. and it was sending coupons for baby products Oh, God. And the father was like, what the hell is going on? Why are we getting baby products? Like, Target, why are you doing this? Uh Like, he actually complained to customer service. And they're like, oh, we're sorry. The predictive model, we use, like, this algorithm, and the algorithm notices that pregnant women tend to buy these products. So the system just automatically started sending stuff, you know. And he's like, well, my daughter's not pregnant. What the hell are you talking about? And then he goes and talks to his daughter, and surprise! Uh Yeah. And I, it is really interesting. It's like my brother had a baby, and now I'm getting, like, on Instagram, I'm just getting, like, Instas from, like, Montessori accounts. <laughs> like, how to, like, raise a toddler in the Montessori faction. See, literally the only thing that Instagram or Facebook ever ever gives me is beer or coffee. So clearly I'm incredibly predictable. I get beer and coffee. I get food stuff. Yeah. I get a lot of New York-based posts now. That too, yeah. Uh, yeah, a lot of some plant stuff, mm-hmm. you know, it's like... I get, I get, I have, I basically have an old ladies like <laughs> algorithm. It's really weird, oh. but I mean that's. But again, like if you're interested in that kind of stuff, devs te- definitely okay. delves into that. Mm-hmm. Like again, it's about the quantum computer and like what yeah. it means for humanity. And it is actually a really good show to watch after watching all these sci-fi mm-hmm. shows with time travel plots. Yeah. Because you're like, well, how much do we actually affect the timeline? How much control <laughs> do we have over everything? You know. Uh, no, definitely. I, I'll yeah. have to check it out because it sounds like it'd be yeah, right it's up like my alley. Nine own. episodes, so it's it's easy to polish off. Even though you'll be sitting there like, like, can't sleep. <laughs> oh, quantum computing will eat me. I I, I I will say about Picard just to finish that off. Like, I didn't expect that my favorite part of Picard would involve Will Wheaton showing up at the end. Oh, good lord! Because I th- I didn't hate it. It's just well, my main issues with it was a little cheesy. Yeah. And not in a good way, because I already said I love stupid episodes. Mm-hmm. This was just cheesy. And also, it feels like Will Wheaton literally just happened to be walking by I the know. set. Yeah, he's like, he's, I go, hey, guys. And he's, like, wearing a jacket. Like. Yeah, it's like, it's, an, it's like an army surplus jacket. He looks like crap, honestly. I'm like, you know, even <laughs> the other traveler had yeah. better fashion sense than this Wesley. It also doesn't help that Wesley Crusher has been, well, okay, well, he was in one of the movies. I guess you could explain briefly. that away briefly. But also, he was, there was video of him that was on one of the, like, ride attractions. Yeah, it was when they had that exhibit. I, I don't remember if it was was in Vegas, yeah. that there was a little storyline on the video monitors mm-hmm. that involved Tuvok and 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 Wesley yeah. on the USS Titan, which right. is Riker's ship. Yeah. And the thing is, that could still be in canon. Yeah, like, There's could, no reason that be. Wesley could not have just like come back for a little while just to yeah, hang out with some Yeah, people. I guess. I mean, and, and, and hell, when you're a traveler, you could do whatever you want. So maybe yeah, maybe that's something cool that he did. That. Yeah. So. I, I think I think that we're in a very good place sci-fi-wise right now. Now there's just one more thing that they, that they have to do. One more. One thing. one more thing. Bring back Stargate. Oh boy. Do it. Bring it back, you cowards. Like yeah, I, mean, I need well, me some SG one, damn it. So that's uh, MGM. That's who MGM. Owns, who owns MGM now? MGM is now owned by Amazon. So Amazon could easily bring it back if yes. they want to. Amazon needs to get a shit together with its streaming service mm-hmm. though, because. They have the worst interface. Out I agree of entirely. All of the things. Yeah, I'm glad I finally figured out how to turn off previews. By the way, because okay, that was the most annoying, annoying part. Because uh, right now we're in, you know, what people call the golden age of content. But honestly, it's a deluge. It's a fire hose of content. I don't have time. I am currently unemployed, and yet I still don't have time to watch all the shows that like are hanging. Well, I finally caught up on Flash. Yeah. 
I I'm not even caught up on Flash. Yeah, it's it's terrible. It's such a bad <laughs> show. I'm sorry. It just got so bad yeah. in the past few. And mind you, we were talking to what Donovan, who was like, "Now nah, it got bad." I'm like, oh, "It got bad that I'm noticing." Well, it. I uh, the fact that I was watching it weekly for a very long time, and, then you and I it. and I and I dropped off maybe like a season and a half. The pandemic really screwed them over because that yeah. Ava storyline really, oh, was it wasn't bad. great to begin with and it took a nosedive. Agreed. Yeah. Um, I watched all of uh, Disenchanted, which is not great. I like it. It's... I like the last two seasons, definitely. Well, what I appreciated, and I think they're aware, there's like a scene where Elfo is watching this cartoon in a theater, mm-hmm. and and then later on when he meets like the actress who plays the main character, he's like, you guys just like making it up as you go along? She goes, yeah, and he goes, I knew it. <laughs> and I feel like that was a comment about Disenchanted, because yeah. the storyline is so disjointed. I have no idea what they're doing with it. It's gotten it's gotten a little bit clearer over like the last season, I'd say, but yeah, you're right. I think well, they, when they started, they had no idea when they brought in sexy satan I oh was yes just like okay maybe something's finally happening on this show I, I, and in general i find it funny like i find it funny i find i find the plots engaging i find the voice acting really good i think the voice acting is really good yeah. i like the animation the effects oh I yeah. just i just think the plot is a complete mess yeah i'm like thinking of what other shows have i watched like because we again have you we caught up on superman and lois not yet. Okay. Did it? Is it up on a streaming service? I yet? think it's on Max. If not, it's it season should... two because I need season two. Yeah, I think season two is on Max. If not, it should be on the CW. Yeah, app. Flash. Flash's season eight did hit Netflix, so that's how I finished watching it. Yeah. Um, of course, now they announced on the day we were recording this, they announced that uh, season three of Bluey is finally coming <laughs> to Disney Plus. Uh-huh. But I'm already bootlegging it. So yeah. I don't well, care. it doesn't it also eventually wind up on Amazon or something like that? Like, I know, like, Bluey is in other places, not just, uh, not just Disney+. Plus. I don't know, because it's BBC yeah. partially funded it, so okay. it might be on, like, BritBox, not BritBox, the... The B, like BBC has their own thing. Yeah. You know? Well, either either way, but yeah, yeah. I, I I think uh, looking at the Emmys and all the things that were Everything nominated that was, was streaming. streaming or cable. Yeah. Like network had almost no presence on that list except for maybe like Abbott Elementary. Even This Is Us's last season barely got anything. Yeah. And like it was that weird. was. It's weird. Yeah. I, I feel like yeah we're we're in a weird place. Um. Yeah. I don't really have much else to say about Star Trek. I would say watch Severance. Severance yes. is good. Oh, definitely watch Severance. Yeah, yeah, Severance. I feel like at least they knew what they were going mm-hmm. since we mentioned Lost earlier. Yeah. Severance was reminding me of Lost, and I was in a good way. No, in a bad way, Ooh. where I was afraid that they weren't going to know where to go with this. <sighs> okay, because Lost, like it knew how to hook you, mm-hmm. and then it just kept spooling and spooling. Like yeah. you said, they just kept going and going. Right. Like I talked to my brother. My brother says, "I honestly feel like I wasted seven years of my life watching <laughs> that show." Was it seven years? I, I think it was. Yeah. yeah. Like you feel like yeah, and the thing is, I was worried about that with Severance. I was like. It's interesting. I'm really in, engaged in these mysteries, but is it going somewhere? But I think the finale gave you enough oh, answers. Yeah. They stuck the landing. Yeah, it's enough answers that I'm at least like, okay, there's definitely something to be peeled back here. There's something mm-hmm. going on. I'm not going to spoil that one at all because I know less people have seen that show. Definitely, and, and if you have not seen it, please like get a get a get a week two week trial of Apple TV Plus. You can TV watch Plus it really quickly. And just watch it, it goes it by all. really fast. While you're doing that, watch Ted Lasso because Ted Lasso. Well, is wait the for best. season. Three. We are three? Are uh, three? three and possibly the last one, depending on, yeah, on what so they do with Yeah, so just wait for that to pop up. Yeah. Oh, and, and we won't talk about it on this episode, but yeah, Ms. Marvel wrapped up. We watched the finale, and it was, I thought it was great. I mean, I think we can just have some broad strokes about yeah. it. In that, obviously, uh, Marvel's using a lot of these shows to just set up the movies. Mm-hmm. 
which is kind of neat, but it's also creating a problem. Like, not everyone's going to watch the shows. Not everyone has Disney+. Plus. There are people who went to see Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness and had no idea what Wanda's deal was. Right. Like, I mean, mind you, I've already been public about how much I hate those kids because <laughs> their stupid-ass song about ice cream. I know. It's really bad. You, you, like, I, I have never seen you sour on anybody more off, off of one I specific thing. I thought it thing. was dumb when I watched it. Yeah. And then I'm watching with my mom and goes, my mom goes, oh, that's so sweet. And I said, no, this is No, stupid. it's terrible. And then I was reading, like... Letterbox reviews and people were like, "I hate those children." I was like, "Oh, thank God, it's not just me." Letterbox, like, if you want to read funny shit about movies, yeah. letter I recommend Letterbox. Has that's some of the best reviews. That song about ice cream will make you lactose intolerant. Anyway, it's really bad. Yeah, uh, but yeah, like I think that's the bigger problem is that they are now requiring homework to mm-hmm. watch a movie. Yeah, at least Thor did not require homework. It just, I mean, not uh, For the TV most. homework. Yeah. That's like true. you kind of needed to have seen the previous movies. We don't really need to go into Thor much. I know you're going to podcast. So yeah, but also, but also, Ms. Marvel for yeah. me didn't really require any homework. Like, no, it didn't. It has no backstory. You yeah. need to know. The problem is, is that it becomes backstory for the Marvels. Yes, because you're going to wonder who is this girl? Where is she coming mm-hmm. from? Where did she get her powers? Right. Um, I think as a society, also, people have lost the ability to just accept things for what they are. Agreed. Like, everybody, need, again, I've said this already during this recording. Mm-hmm. Like, people are like, oh, I need to know where Han Solo gets his name from. I'm like, no, you do not. No, you do not. Um, that, the thing is, you can't even say, oh, well, that's just a consequence of content or good content or whatever. Mm-hmm. Because I think the best example I've ever seen is somebody talking about, um, they were talking about uh, Miyazaki films. Mm-hmm. Like, my neighbor Totoro. Who is Totoro? Where does Totoro come from? Where are the little things from? Where's the Kappas from? We don't effing know. And you know what? It doesn't actually matter. Mm -hmm. It has no relevance to this main story that they're trying to tell. Right. And I think, I feel like as a society, we're losing sight of being able to just enjoy a piece of media as a singular thing. I think that's partly why movies like Everything Everywhere All at Once and RRR are revelations because they don't require backstory. They don't require a sequel. They just just stand alone and there's just something beautiful about that. And that's that's why part of me almost wishes that that, uh, that that Ms. Marvel was just Ms. Marvel and that we could just have multiple seasons of that, and then maybe eventually she would show up in a in a in a movie or what have you. But just ha- let her be the character that she yeah, is. Yeah, it kind of bugs me again that the shows are basically miniseries yeah. to set up movies because that's mm-hmm. what Falcon and, and Winter Soldier is. Yeah, and it, at, least, at least Hawkeye didn't really seem to be that. Although although it stemmed off of Black Widow, so I guess yeah, you can say that. it was it's weird. It's also like being used to sort of set up. Uh, Yelena right. for future movies, yeah. but I think I think Hawkeye is probably a good example of something that does largely stand alone, mm-hmm. except for the fact that we we're pretty sure they're going to do Young Avengers at some point. Yeah, and- they've given us Kate, they've given us um, we've met uh, Bradley uh, is Elijah, yeah. Elijah, the Elijah, one. Uh, a stature is going to be in in, in the yeah, new. Yeah, we've met her. Yeah, we've, I mean, I honestly think they probably will put Kamala Kamala. Between the vice president and the comic <laughs> character, I always get the pronunciation. Kamala this time around, yeah. Yeah, they yeah. always get Ka- Ka- yeah Kamala. Like I think they're going to put her with the young Avengers rather than with the full Avengers. Well, I think they may very well combine the idea of the champions with the young Avengers because yeah. the champions had uh, Kamala, it had young Nova, it had yeah. uh, at one time Teen Cyclops. So we're definitely not going to get that. Yeah, we have well. Uh, Miles yeah. was was in the champions. Wow. So like it, it it that we could very easily wind up combining that with well, the Well, we don't Avengers. know what they're gonna do. We'll yeah. find out. Um 
Yeah, again, we don't want this to turn into the Marvel, the MCU no, no, talk. But, we, it's mostly Star Trek. Yeah. But I think it is interesting to try to look at the Trek shows and how they exist in this larger ecosystem. Mm-hmm. Because Disney Plus is definitely trying to create a trap. Yes. Like, it's it's a gilded cage. They want everybody to watch that because they want, you know, you got to watch the movie. And then yeah. you got to watch the show. And then you watch the next movie. And then you watch this show. And then yeah. you watch this. And they want to do that with with Star Wars a little bit, it feels like. With, yeah. But Obi-Wan, I feel like I'm hoping it doesn't become required viewing for anything. It I don't think just, it's going to. I think it's just an yeah. interesting story in itself. And yeah. I know some people were mixed on it. But, um, yeah, but, like, with Star Trek... They're definitely trying to create, like, you know what I found was funny is you saw you saw that this year they added that little intro card. Like the stinger with, thing, yeah. Yeah, with that makes, yeah, the ship, the yep. Enterprise goes around and it creates the mm-hmm. arrowhead symbol. Yeah. And that's because Star Wars has had their little intro yes. card with the faces. Yep. And, and, and before that, Marvel even, with the with the Marvel logo. Yeah, which, uh, watching Thor, I was able to see what they slipped in, like, Moon Knight oh, yeah. and stuff like that. And, so. and Ms. Marvel, for that matter. Did too. they? Yeah, yeah she, was, she was right after Moon Knight in the Okay, uh, I, I, yeah, it's hard It's hard when you see a movie for the first oh, time yeah. to, like, watch yeah. for that kind but, of stuff. But, but you're right that, that, that uh, Paramount Plus has basically made a Star Trek TV universe. Yeah, and I think that's interesting, because I used to complain about CBS All Access. I'm like, I don't want another service. Because, let's be honest, Discovery is not worth $6 a month. Mm-hmm. It's not that good. I'm sorry. Evil is really good on Paramount Plus. You I've should heard, give it a yeah, watch. I, I watched yeah. like the first episode. Yeah. Uh, but I think Paramount Plus is really coming up in the ranks because mm-hmm. they have Yellowstone, right? Yes. Yellowstone is them, and mm-hmm. Yellowstone's super popular. Oh wait, no, wait, is Yellowstone them or is Yellowstone Peacock? Oh shit, you're right. I think, yeah, I think Yellowstone's Peacock. Well, Peacock is one of the stronger services too. Because, yeah. But we don't watch. I don't watch. You know what it is? Is like one show is Yellowstone, and the other has like something called like 1845. Or yeah, like that. and and, all, and they also have Paramount. Also has the good uh, the not the Good Wife spinoff that's supposed yeah, to be really the good. good. Fight. The Good Fight. Yeah. Uh, I honestly like Paramount. Like I haven't canceled my cable yet. I'm, I mean, going to, but I can just watch Daily Show on there. Yeah. Now, mm-hmm. which is like, that's true. I'm like yeah. honestly, that's kind of worth it to be able to watch Star South, Trek. And Daily South show. Park is on Paramount Plus. Yeah, all the all the South Park specials. Yeah, they I haven't just, watched the latest one. Yeah, yet. no, it just went up like today or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, like and Peacock, of course, has Girls Five of a. Uh, oh my God! Yeah, you know, and Lady Parts and. But but it's but yeah, so Columbo. If you if you want to drop cable and then get every single streaming service, guess what? You're paying more than cable. That's it. Yeah, we're. I'm. There's a, a collapse is going to come soon. <laughs> it has to. It already yeah. started technically. C- mm-hmm. CNN Plus. Y- you mean the month that it was active? Less yeah. than a month. It was Less like than three a month. Weeks. That's that's. Sad. And they basically they're just going to put everything on HBO Max, which mm-hmm. is what they should have done in the first HBO place. Max and Discovery merging into one. They're merging and, into yeah. one. So the consolidation has begun yeah i feel like the next fall will be i can't see hulu and disney plus continuing to exist separately because even outside of this country they're not yeah because hulu doesn't exist hulu is star in other countries so i feel like that's going to get consolidated eventually now that disney owns uh 20th century fox hulu espn and and disney really should merge all they're gonna merge they're gonna collapse those yeah yeah right now they're selling a bundle but you don't need yeah, all that. which and the reason that I don't have the bundle is because I still have a outdated Spotify plus Hulu that where basically Hulu is free for the oh, price I just of Spotify. Canceled, I canceled my Spotify uh, premium after the Joe Rogan thing because I'm like, you know what? I'm not dealing with oh, this please. Yeah, anymore. yeah, yeah. More, more, more power to you on that one. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's that's a good wrap up of you know everything sci-fi that we love at the moment, Star Trek and Star Trek adjacent. So, uh, job well done, I think, all around. Oh, really? Yeah, I yeah, think so. I'm sitting there so. going, come on, there's got to be another show that I haven't mentioned. No, I've, I've been... I've... Please, please. And we can't, too much. We literally cannot mention every single show that we've watched because there's, there's too, too many goddamn shows. There's too many goddamn That's shows. That's it. 
tell people... Oh, pe- Spy X Family, but not sci-fi. To be fair. <laughs> I mean, it is sci-fi. I know. Still the yeah, and, and there was at least one person who commented on YouTube on our on our latest episode that said that, that they love Spy X Family, and they're glad you mentioned it. So. Yeah, no, it, it, I think it, I'm going to mention... I'm going to pimp it as much as possible. Yeah. Because uh, right now, I am so happy. Like, you know what? This is what I'm going to end on. Okay. I am in a very good place when it comes to TV because mm-hmm. for starters, I hate the binging model. Yeah, especially like you like with Stranger Things, the the first seven episodes, you're like you had to watch them as quickly as possible mm-hmm. because all of the think pieces were out by like Sunday and Monday. Yeah. They were all over the place. Yeah. Uh, so I like the fact that Strange New Worlds was once a week and mm-hmm. Spy X Family is once a week. Yeah. Um, what else was I watching that was like once a week? I don't know. What are you watching that's once uh, a week? Well, uh, well, I mean, all the Star Trek shows were once a week until they yeah. until they were done. Oh, Ms. Marvel's once Ms. Marvel's a week. Ms. Marvel's once uh, a week. Obi-Wan was once mm-hmm. a week. Yep. And it's nice to just wake up and be like, oh, there's a new episode. Oh, The Boys week. was once a week. Oh, God, The yeah. Boys. Yeah. Uh, we're not talking about The Boys, but <laughs> oh, God, The Boys. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it, it's I, I actually, I'm not much of a binger, and I never really have been. Uh, there, there's, there's a couple of shows where I've, to catch up like in a week I've watched a bunch yeah. of it but I, I'm not the type of guy who can normally sit down and watch you know eight episodes of a show straight. I don't think we're making we're also not making shows that I actually feel like are really bingeable yes, anymore yes I agree because here's the thing is that Binging is not new. Mm-hmm. Binging has existed since at least like VHS oh, or yeah. at least tapes. Mm-hmm. But I feel like more people probably use VHS. Like, you know, we're anime fans. We've all watched anime like tapes that we bought in Chinatown right. or, you know, whatever. Uh, and then, of course, like DVDs came on the market and suddenly you can buy an entire season of a show for like 30 bucks. Mm-hmm. And it just blew it blew my mind. Yeah. And then and then now we've moved on to the streaming. But the thing is, people what people were binging were older shows, mm-hmm. shows they had usually already seen, yeah. shows that didn't require attention spans, mm-hmm. stuff you can just kind of play in the background and ignore. Right. And the thing is now, like the we have we're in this auteur model, and all of these different creators, are like oh, I can weave in all these threads because I'm not going to be canceled. I don't have to care about mm-hmm. ratings. And the thing is, they're not making shows that I can just freaking ignore in the background. I mean, Netflix is still making a lot of garbage, yeah. in fairness. Yeah. But it is. it does feel like a lot of the prestige shows are like, no, you must pay attention. Definitely. And I can't sustain that mm-hmm. in a binge. Yeah. Like, Stranger Things is good enough. I was able to do it. But I'm like, not many shows are Stranger Things. It's mostly, to me, like, my background shows will continue to be animated. Because that's just or old sitcoms like that I don't need to pay full attention to like that's oh, that's that's kind of just like be like Raph and watch Star Trek again that and there you go let's we'll just jump back to that that's for the a nice minute. thing yeah. about episodic shows yep. is you don't have to watch the whole thing all the way through you can just put on an episode you happen to like it's exactly food. potato chips potato chips. The potato chips of TV. Oh, I thought you were gonna make you were making a death note joke. I was not, but then I'm gonna take this potato chip and eat it. <laughs> uh, let uh, let the uh, the world know where at the moment they can find you, which is mostly Twitter. But either way, yeah, I'm still you know at Lampbane for like that's my personal account and at Chris Nautis for my professional stuff. So you'll see when I get a new job or if I have any projects mm-hmm. in the can. Uh, yeah, I don't really have much going on. I'm just like having, as as our friend David calls it, the summer of Chris. The summer of Chris. I'm traveling. Uh, yeah, I had a traumatic uh, customs experience in Toronto. <laughs> oh and, my god! And I'm just hanging out, and I'm trying to read every issue of Avengers because I guess I hate myself that much. You know, that may be a podcast in and of itself that you might be able to do. Is yeah, just, if you want to, you just yeah. come on over, and we'll just talk about how uh, <laughs> Hank was always an asshole to Jen. I, I kind of imagined as much. I 
yeah, I don't want to derail this. This is this my yeah, final yeah. note. Okay. I, I used to be on Scans Daily. Yeah. And Scans Daily loved making jokes about the time that Hank slapped Janet. Mm-hmm. And one guy was like, it was just that one time. And it was like emotional damage. He was having problems. <sighs> and you guys just keep running it into the ground. Uh-huh. And uh, and like people would be like, yeah, because it's funny. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's all. I, I know. It's awful. Spousal abuse is awful. We all are aware of this. Yes. We are not jerks. It was just like, it's such a weird panel. But reading the early Avengers issues, he was such a dick to her. Well, why don't you go make my dinner, Janet? Yeah, basically. He was just like, oh, you're going to go put some makeup on? Like, oh, don't bother me. I need, you know, I'm trying to do an experiment here. Go and make me some cookies or whatever. Oh, God. He does say, like, I need an actual experienced scientist. And I'm like, ooh, harsh. harsh." Well, we'll definitely have to get to some of that fun at a later date. Yeah, we're just talking Trek. And Trek is, Trek, Trek, we're in a golden age. I, we are very lucky. There is a Trek for everyone. I don't have to like every show. Mm Mm-hmm. That's why I could put Picard number 27 exactly. on my list of six objects. <laughs> hey, well, uh, always, always a pleasure. We'll, we'll, we'll talk next time about other shit like usual. So that's not with that. Uh, email address for Comic Timing continues to be comictiming at gmail.com. This will be at some point simulcast on the Comic Geek Speak feed. So you can check that out at comicgeekspeak.com. Uh, Facebook.com slash Comic Timing uh, for uh, Comic Timing related goods and uh, also conversation at the Comic Geek Speak super group as well. And you can follow me on Twitter, I underscore AM underscore sci fi. I am sci fi. Hey, we talk sci fi in this episode. What a concept. So for Chris, I'm Ian. There's always time for comics and Star Trek. More Star Trek. There's Star Trek comics. There are Star Trek comics. Maybe it's up. Levels are indeed fine.